Welcome to the Seahawk Post Game Show. I am Michael Bump. As I'll be joined by Paul Moyer, Ray Robertson, Brian Walters. What a thriller here at Lumen Field. The Hawks get it done 24 to 20. 17 points in the first quarter. Did not score another point until it was absolutely necessary late in the game. Jackson Smith and Jigba scores the go-ahead touchdown. Geno Smith, 23 of 37 for 254, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Kenneth Walker had eight carries for 66 yards. And Zach Sharp. Man, had a long of 21, five carries for 53 yards. Tyler Lockett led all pass catches for the Seahawks. Eight receptions, 81 yards, and one touchdown. Jackson Smith and Jigba, like I mentioned, got it done late in the game. Three receptions for 36 yards in that game-winning touchdown. I don't know how to feel about this game. You hold Miles Garrett to one sack. It was late in the game. You, you, you corralled this defense. P.J. Walker, man, 15 of 31 for 248, one touchdown, and two interceptions. It was a crazy game, man. We're going to talk to a lot of folks. We're going to listen to a lot of folks. We're going to listen to players as they step up to the podium. As they talk to Jen Mueller in the locker room, I got my guys here. When Steve Rabel comes back, we're going to do our thing as well, man. Seahawks get it done in dramatic fashion, 24-20. Welcome back to the Seahawks postgame show. I am Michael Bumpus. I'll be joined with the fellas here shortly. But uh, right now, I'm talking to the voice, Raves. Now, Raves, I don't have the privilege of listening to you call these games all the time because I'm in the press box. I could imagine that uh, it took everything in you to keep your composure during this game. Well, it did. And part of it was, you know, kind of saying, I know these guys are better than this through the third quarter and half of the fourth quarter. And you just sort of come on, let's go. Something's got to give. Well, it took the defense to kind of make the big play to get the offense off the schneid a little bit. And then, man, open the gates. They just move right down the field. But you're right. It was exciting. It was a great win. Any win, as you know, Bump, in this league is difficult. And so regardless of the team, but Cleveland is, as Dave has said a number of times today, Cleveland's a good football team. Deshaun Watson, their starting quarterback's not there, but everybody else is. And this team came in with a 4-2 and record, and the Seahawks, they had to use just about every second of this game to win. Raves, I don't even know if you have a legit answer for the question I'm going to ask you, (laughs) but I got to ask it because I'm wondering. Maybe you can enlighten me. Why do backup quarterbacks come to Lumen Field and end up putting their team in position to win ballgames? I don't understand it, Raves. What do you think it is? You're right. I don't have a good answer for that. But, (laughs) you know, I can only speculate. First of all, I I guarantee you that while most of the people sitting in the stands and perhaps most of us here in the press box, you know, don't really know much about P.J. Walker and other backup quarterbacks that come to town, I guarantee you this team, the Seahawks, they do not overlook anybody, let alone backup quarterbacks. There's a guy who is on a roster in the National Football League. There aren't many of them. So if you're a quarterback, whether you're the starter or not, you have the potential to win football games for your team. And so coming in here, they knew. Pete mentioned it all week. He said, this guy is a great athlete, P.J. Walker. He can run the ball. You know, his arm maybe is not his strong suit his accuracy maybe not but he makes plays and he sure did today he made a bunch of them had some good throws had some bad throws made some plays with his legs and that defense did its job especially in the second half i mean when we jumped off to a 14 nothing lead i thought okay this is how you get a young quarterback on the other sideline you know out of his game in a hurry and this is how you win well didn't quite work out that way but ultimately we win 
All right, Raves, we're going to keep it short and sweet today, man. Um, you get home to your bride, and I uh, look forward to talking to you soon, man. Bump, thanks. All right, let's go to Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's live at the podium. Big time confidence. You know, we work, uh, we work a lot, you know, in the, uh, being in those situations. And for us to go out there with two minutes left, you know, it felt like, you know, we've done it before. And, um, you know, credit to the O-line. Uh, doing an amazing job, Gino, doing an amazing job. Um, and, you know, tight ends were rolling, receivers were rolling. So, yeah, it was a big part of today, and we executed real well. I feel great. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what does it say about your teammate, DK, that he's willing to be the lead blocker for you on a, for a rookie on, his, on a game on a Oh, man, I mean, you know, it's his touchdown just as much as it's mine. And, um you know, we have to click on all cylinders to be the best, and, and we know that, and he preaches that. And he not only preaches that, he goes out there and do it. And, uh, you know, it's great to see that. You know, I got him just like he got me and the rest of the team. So um, just, just a great overall drive and, and win for the offense. Jackson, the first quarter went so well for you guys offensively, and then it was a pretty big struggle from there on. How did you guys – fight through that and what, what wasn't working for you guys until you got the last chance? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a game of runs and, uh, you know, you're up, you're down, um, but it's just about bouncing back, um, getting back to that next possession and, um, and, and that's what we did, you know. Um, I feel like we held our heads high and we just went out there and, and tried to do, do the best we, you know, we, we, we could and, um, you know, all the mistakes and all that, we'll, we'll look at them tomorrow and, and try to get them fixed. Oh, I mean, um, you know, it feels good. You know, you just got to be ready um, when you're out there, you know, when your number's called and, you know, I had the opportunity to, you know, make a play and uh, Gino made the right read. And like I said, DK, great block. And it was just great execution. When you caught the pass, did you know you were going outside or you saw the block? Um, I didn't. Oh, uh, well. It was a bubble bubble route, so I'm kind of flaring to the outside. So, you know, I, I knew it was a chance. I knew it was a chance I could hit the outside, yeah. What was the feeling like on the sidelines when Julian, when they, you know, Jamal tips it and Julian gets it and all that? Well, I, it, it felt amazing, you know, just knowing we sealed the win. Um, that's when we sealed the win, right? Or no, I the interception. The interception. The setup, the final drive. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean, shh. that was a big relief. You know, our defense has been stepping up. And um, been doing a great job, and um, you know they just show that you know on that drive, you know Jay Love, a leader on the defense, you know coming up is is big for us, and happy to get it done. Is it more, is it more pressure on that, or more of an opportunity? Once interceptions made, you guys are going out. Oh, it's an opportunity. We rolling. We trying to win the game. You know what I'm saying? Two minutes. Let's go. Down three. Let's do it. Let's go score. Put some points on the board, and and that's what we did today. Thank you. All right, that was Jackson Smith and Jigba. Every week we, we've seen a little bit more from this young man. Uh, last week he scores his first touchdown on a uh, – it was a post route. Buda Baker goes over the top. He's wide open. This one, uh, it's got to feel more better, Moya. More better touchdown, Moya. Well, it's our first touchdown in the second half offensively since the the Panther game and it couldn't have come at a, a better time and look I thought we played really well the first half really good game plan second half I thought Cleveland's coaching staff did some really cool things you know they just they they used our aggressiveness against us a lot of misdirection things 
uh, particularly the screens, you know, got to give Walker some credit. He, he escaped, you know, some, some of our pressure because we had 10 quarterback hits. But I'm going to give the most of the love on this to our offensive line. Yes, they sir. opened up unbelievable holes. We averaged, what, 10 yards, almost eight, uh, what, we, eight yards per carry. I think uh, Charbonnet had uh, 10 yards per carry. Three quarterback hits. Versus Miles Jackson, you you got to be kidding me. Miles had one one sack, and that was you know, Gino probably could have got rid of that one. I, whatever. What, Miles Jack, one sack, one hit. Yeah. He was. He, excuse me, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Jack, I like him too. He went to or Bellevue, but Miles Garrett, who we have said probably is the best defensive player in the league right now. So Cross, great job, great. Uh, um, scheme that we did as well. And we didn't play great. I mean, right. that's the nice thing. You can go beat a really good football team, a dominant defense the way we did, and move the football, uh, both running it, throwing it. Uh, it. It's impressive. We're five and two guys with the number two seed right now in the NF or in the NFC. We're in first place in the NFC West. Come on, man. We got a big one next week, man. I can't wait. As my son says, Moyer, turn me up. I, you know, I, there are some up. things I wanted to say, but we're on up. the radio, so I can't do it. Hey, it's all good. We'll, we'll get to it. You can PG that thing. All right, lots more when we get back. We're going to hear from Ray Roberts yes, and Brian Waltz as when we return. The Seahawks get it done 24 20. Seahawks get it done 24 to 20. They beat the Cleveland Browns, man. The best defense in the NFL. They were able to get it done. 362 total yards. Four for 12 on third down. Something you still got to, you know, got to get after. Two interceptions by Geno. Only one sack, though. And Miles Garrett probably top three defensive players in the league, you were able to neutralize him. I don't think he got his sack until, what, halfway into the fourth quarter. Right. Um, offensive line play. What you see there, Big Ray? I thought they did a, a really good job. You had uh, uh, Jason Peters, you know, all 41 years old of him, coming off the couch and getting himself in shape and playing condition to play right tackle today. He had a little bit of, uh, of Miles Garrett, too, and he did a good job. Uh, the, the middle of the offensive line did a really good job. And then Charles Cross, uh, to me, in his young career, this might have been the best game I've seen him play because you saw all the athleticism, but he also brought a different aggression than he than he normally doesn't play with. So he was meeting Miles Garrett a lot sooner in the pass rush versus retreating and giving him a whole lot of room to work with. On the one sack, he had a little bit of help from the tight end, so he may have drifted a little too far up the field, and then Miles Garrett came back inside as, as Geno stepped up. So uh, that's going to happen every now and again, but I thought he played a really good game. He was real physical with him in the passing game. I thought the Seahawks did a good job. In, pa- in their play-action game, when they did it, they ran the play-action towards Miles Garrett. And in that way, he had a ho- that's so much traffic for him to get through. And then you put Geno back to the other side so you have uh, room and space to throw the ball. So I thought from that perspective, they did a good job. I thought they could have run the ball a lot more. I think uh, uh, Kenneth only had like eight carries or something like that. So And, you know, average, you know, five, six, seven yards a carry. Charbonnet was averaging 10 yards a carry. I thought they could have gotten to – they could have stayed with that a little longer. Hey, B, my question to you, um, I felt like they were trying to get DK Metcalf involved in the game plan. Um, probably not the best game when it comes to Geno's accuracy. 14 targets for DK, five receptions. 
sometimes it just be like that, right? You're just off a little bit. What would you see? Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. There was a couple that, um, you know, you'd put strictly on Gino. They slipped out of his hands and, and or overthrew uh, DK on a slant route. And, and, you know, you can't do anything about that as a receiver. And then there was a couple fades they threw DK into the corner of the end zone. That, that's just one-on-one, throw it up. And, you know, DK wasn't able to uh, come down and, and win that matchup. But, when it, you know, DK did have that long 43-yarder, and, and he came through when it, when it mattered, had a couple big – uh, big grabs and uh, one one of the grabs I was most impressive with with DK he ran a slant, uh, slant route late in the game and Gino threw it a little behind him and he was able to turn his body and come snatch it off his back hip and uh, it's catches like that that were uh, that are huge and it kept moving the sticks and set up that last drive so um, you know f- five receptions 14 targets doesn't look too good in the stats um, but when you kind of break down the it, it wasn't like um, they weren't on the same page or one. It was just a couple bad throws. Um, I think the interception at the end of the first half, they may not have been on the same page there. I, I wouldn't, there was kind of both, I, I blame both guys, you know, probably not a good decision by Gino and maybe DK could have helped him out a little bit, but just one of those days. The other receiver stepped up and picked him up though. Tyler Lockett was eight for nine, eight, eight catches, nine targets. And, uh, and so that's a huge day for him. Moye seems like everyone in this secondary has a interception except for Jamal and now Reek says, you know what, don't forget about me. What you see out of Reek Woolen? Uh, you know, look, they, he had some moments today. Uh, again, I thought the uh, pass interference call on him was the game changer, man. Fourth yeah. and three, we got a chance to go at least two scores in that situation, and they call just an absolutely horrible pass interference call. Now, a lot of guys can, can hide from that, right, and they start getting gun shy. He, he doesn't. I mean, he's going to keep battling. He had some tough plays, but, you know, when we needed him most, you know, he showed up. And I will say this. While Jamal Adams does not have an interception, he does know how to use his head. Right? <laughs> um, and I think, have you ever seen a play like that? For those who don't know, is listening here. I mean, that last interception to love, um, Jamal is, is, is blitzing, and he jumps in the air. Instead of getting a hand up, matter of fact, I think we got Pete Carroll coming up here right now. All right, Pete hit us with the okie doke, and now he is back. Pete, care out the podium now. Really big day for us. Uh, fantastic illustration of hanging and staying in it and, and keeping the belief going uh, and, and giving us ourselves a chance to, to win a football game. Um, a beautiful illustration of that. It went all, I don't know, 30 seconds or something like that took to, to win a football game. Um, to celebrate the uh, the throwbacks and, and all that, I, I hope the fans, you know, loved it. It was it was fun for us, and uh, it was a beautiful image, you know, in the stadium and all. It was it was really cool to see that. Um, we we didn't talk a whole lot about it here after the game, but I know the guys really did appreciate the opportunity to do that. And and uh, I keep going back to all of the memories that everybody had. That's why they liked it so much to see it and all that. And uh, I'm glad we could be part of that. It was really fun. Um, Tough football game. These guys are really tough, man. They, they have the formula of playing great defense and running the football, and that's a formula that gives you a chance to win every time out. And uh, I thought uh, P.J. Walker did a really good job to keep the thing moving and, and keep them in, in position to, to win a game. They did some things that we needed to stop. We didn't stop as well. The screens were a big part of the game. Didn't play the running game as well as we wanted to, but uh, pretty much average like for them, kind of how they do it. Um, but all in all... Uh, Gino leading that drive, 
Uh, the guys keeping him clean up front so that we could throw the ball to, to do what we need to do to finish the game. Guys coming through with the catches. Um, the, the touchdown play to win the game was a fantastic block by DK. Uh, clean. The guy was looking right at him. That's the, that's the call that they make sometimes. I, I, I thought he did it perfectly. And Jackson got every inch out of that play uh, just in, in really championship fashion. So just a lot of really cool, exciting things that happened today and uh, fired up about it. Yeah, we started so well, you know, we looked so good starting out and we just we just couldn't quite find the rhythm of it. And that's because they're good. They're really good. And the fact that it's a close game and no surprise, you know, to then be able to turn it on and get that drive at the end. Yeah, that's that's what we love about it, because the, the finishing execution that gets you the win. We take great pride in that. And that's something that we're always talking about and always striving to do. And, and that's why I love that illustration uh, that we can do that. So next time we get a chance, we know that we've been there before. And, and uh, so you see the, the play that got you the ball back, the interception, what did you see on that one? Uh, that's a great call for one. Um, you know, at the time, uh, Clint made a great call to give us a chance to, to send Maul on the pressure. Um, and then he had to figure out what to do with it because there was a, I think the, the guard or someone's tackle was popping out on him and he had to do something and he figured out how to leave his feet and, and, and get, you know, get contact on the ball. And then it was a spectacular uh, tips and overthrows for us. And, and, uh, and for Julian to come up and make a big play, I mean, it was you know, we stole the opportunity away from them with that play, and, and uh, uh, it was really guys going for it, and I was thrilled about that. For, for all that Jamal's been through over the last year or so, to, to make a play like that in such a key moment, what do you think that does? Oh, man, this is what he lives for. He lives for these opportunities and, and to go for it, and when, the, when it was on the line, everything's, at, you know, right there. He came up with a way to figure it out and, and uh, did something that changed, changed it, our, our fortunes in this game. And uh, it was fantastic. Jake Bobo's been on those jet motions, making blocks out of the goal line. What did you think about him getting the football down there? Yeah, we kind of thought that if we hand it to him, he's going to figure out how to get in there. And uh, he did. You know, wasn't perfect, but it was it was clean enough to get a score. And uh, so, you know, we continue to to work him into everything that we're doing because he's a good ball player. He needs to be part of it. And so, you'll see him continued more opportunities in different kinds of. You know, different kinds of ways. Yeah, well, yeah, because when when a guy goes, you know, runs around the block, you see it on tight ends, on the backside and front side as well. And he did it perfectly. He kept his hands in really tight and then released at the right time so that there was no penalty. There was nothing that was wrong with that. It was exactly the way you should do it, right when we needed it most. As much as attention as he gets, would you surprised he did, even though that was a clean block? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were pretty heated in the first half on the throw that Gino had intercepted. What were you? Yeah, I thought the, we. I've been complaining about them in the neutral zone, and I thought I had one for sure. And 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 so, you know, when it didn't get called, and then we turned the ball over on that same play, it would have switched that whole result around, you know. And, and uh, that's all. So, I'm just kind of competing. Brooks, another big game at the sack force fumbles. What's he been showing you last few weeks? He, he's he's on it. He's on his game. I mean, he's just playing great physical football. He's a fantastic linebacker he runs and he hits and he can make things happen and all of that we keep trying to put him in places to and just accentuate the fact that he's you know he's that kind of a factor and he's doing great yeah that he just continues to just play really solid uh, consistent football that's what he's kind of been doing it the whole time here in the for a month you know and it's it's great to see and we're really relying on him uh, and he came through again to only allow three hits on Gino, one sack on 
37 dropbacks today. How do you feel about the O-line's performance? I, thought, I, thought, they did, the I thought they did great. I thought they did great today. This is the, the most vicious Russian football team in football. And uh, they, they have had their way with a ton of teams with their front four, and we were able to keep them at bay. I don't know that we dominated anything. We just we held on, and, and we gave up one sack. You know, And, and uh, it was really exciting uh, to see Jason Peters play today. I think he played about half the time. We just wanted to see what would happen when he went in there, and then we were going to decide as the game went, and he did well, so we just kind of rotated him. And that's just another boost for us to, to have a, a, an experienced player like that available to us. And, and uh, so I don't know what that means going forward at all, but anyway, but uh, I was really fired up for him. This is, you know, he played in an in NFL football game in his 20th season. I mean, that's a remarkable accomplishment. I mean, it's so remarkable. Somebody's got to go find George Blanda's records, you know. So, yeah, it goes back so far. So, what did you think of your running game? So it came alive at some key times. Uh, I thought we were spotty. You know, I, I, we uh, we had a couple big plays. Um, Kenny had a big play. Zach, Zach looked really good at the end. I thought, you know, when he had his opportunities. Um, it's there. It's there. We haven't really found it to where we can really rely on it yet, but it's there. And so we just got to keep working it. Surprised you guys only got 13 running back carries out of the game with the way it was kind of flowing. And yeah, we, uh, yeah, we only we had 11 in the first half and didn't run the ball much, you know. After that, but. Um you know, we, we we took what they were giving us, and, and that was, and we were protecting the passer better than we thought, so we just went with it and, and uh, made some yards for, for us. What about, what about their screen game? Oh, oh man, balls. yeah, they, they <clears throat> we were not surprised one bit. We practiced them all week, and they did it anyway. Uh, so I was really disappointed in that, and um, you know, they just they had great great success with it. Uh, tight end looked great in the back, and they, they just we were talking about it all game. We were on it, and. Uh, they just out-executed us, and so we got to do a lot better there. Over the last four second halves, your defense has only allowed nine points. It's about to shut down as it gets. Good. What, what do you think about that? I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled about finishing halves like that. I think that's that's something that we can continue to call on and, and rely on, and it makes you really hard to beat when you play like that in the second half to finish games. <laughs> Big picture, you guys have won five of six since the opener, and you're in first place right now. How do you, We're what? You're in first place. We are. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You are a person. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what do you What do you think about that? I, I mean, just kind of where, where you guys have kind of. Well, what week in the season is this? Week eight. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we're not quite halfway through this 17 game thing. That gets nobody can ever get to halftime here. Um, halfway through, we're in pretty good shape. That's good. That's good. You know, and. and uh, we're still growing. You know, we got out of this game. I got, I have no names for you as far as guys getting banged up, which is incredibly good. And uh, we just need to keep growing. It just felt like that. And I know maybe that gets old to you hearing it, but we're, we, when you do another one and then another one and then another one, you're getting better, you know, because it's hard to, it's hard to stack games. And I'm thrilled that we've, we played, uh, you know, got three wins in a row here at home. I love that. If you're going to have a good season, you've got to play well at home. And so we've been living with that and, and, uh, and really trying to use it as a battle cry that we got to play well here at Lumen. And uh, so, so we're, we're rolling right now at halfway. rookies having big performances today. <coughs> what can you say about just the infusion of talent the last two years, really, that's grown in this guy? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of an old topic for us right now because we, we keep hitting it, but it's, it's a beautiful topic to, you know, for us to be on because it's, it shows the, the continuity of, of you know, how we work and how we choose the players on the team and John, all John's side of the world that, you know, that he owns. Uh, to have the obvious success last year, come back and top it off again and figure it out again, and here we're going again. I mean, what's going to happen next time, you know, is, is what's really exciting. So um, it's fantastic for us. You can see rooks all over.
all over the place and, that, and, and playing, contributing and doing things. That, that is such a boost to us entering the second half of the season. Would this be the second half of the season now? Kind of, I mean, it's so screwed up. I mean, it used to be kind of easy, but it's not easy anymore. I don't know. What did you think of Geno's day overall? The two picks. He missed a couple throws that he usually hits, but then comes through late for you. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 upset. He didn't like it. You know, I, I thought he figured out a way to, to get us started beautifully, and we looked great. And then when when it came down to it, we had to have it. He took us right down the field, and we scored. You know, and win the game. So uh, there's some stuff in between. Um, there's a couple passes that look. Looked kind of off. Uh, he threw one to Jackson. Jackson stopped on the route. He screwed it up, you know, and it looked like we threw the ball right to the other guy, you know. That wasn't, that was a miscue otherwise. But um, he's got, he's got plays to play better. You know, he's got some stuff. And, uh, but I think he's doing, I, I love the way he's playing. I love the way he's leading us. Jamal briefly left the game. Were you guys just managing his snaps? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We just managed his, his snaps. Exactly. What's the message going to get to Baltimore next week? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. I just know they're really good. Did they win again today? They beat yeah. the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. They're 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 really good. That's all I know. Anything else? Okay. That was Pete Carroll. If I could describe that interview, it'd be like he's walking on his toes. You know, it, the chest is big. He's like, look, my guys got it done, and. Uh, you know what? We're going to go back to the podium. We got Julian Love live. I was in the air for forever. I was wondering <clears throat> initially how I got up there. That usually is not the uh, rebound uh, off of a hand. And, of course, Small is jumping off his head. Boo, it's in the air. And I'm down with it. Did you see the replay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he kind of stuck his head into the wall. It's amazing. Yeah, he was like a prime Ronaldo right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that, that play is all credit to Maul. The way he plays, the passion, the energy, the physicality. If he's not pressuring the way he is, that play never happens. And, you know, who knows what happens at the end of the game. So, that's Jamal Adams. Have you ever had a, you ever had a soccer header? Uh, you know, I've had some, I ha- I've had some good ones. Um, not as high as that one, though. That one got up uh, a little bit. Did you see it go off the ball, or when did you first kind of start? No, not at all. I'm, uh, I'm backside of the play, and you see a ball in the air, and... You dream of moments like that just to get you one. Uh, yeah, first pick is a Seahawk, and so I was uh, – thank you, Jamal Adams. You mentioned a couple weeks ago, as well as the defensive play, you said the one thing kind of missing you had got the takeaways you guys wanted. How big is it to get three of them today? That's big. That's our – that's the standard, you know, Coach Hurt sets. Uh, we had two early, um, and there's some more opportunities out there, and so that's, that's – we're, we're striving. We're trying to get that turnover margin where we want it, um, and that's just, you know, going into week in, week out with that mindset. You've now played four games with Jamal and Quandre. Where do you feel like that is progressing now that you guys have gotten some in-game action? I think it's a really good package when we're all out there at the same time. You know, Jamal does certain things well. Q does certain things well. And uh, I just feel like the glue. I just, you know, feed off those guys, their energy, their intensity, um, their passion for the game. And, you know, they make my job way easier. And so just being next to them, I feel like the standard is – it's so high. I'm just trying to live up to, you know, how they play and how they are known in this league. And so it's done nothing but elevate my game. We told Pete that you guys were in first place and he wasn't aware of it. He's kind of like, backfired. <laughs> oh, uh, no. You guys were. <laughs> uh, you were aware. Yeah, maybe. Um, but to be there after that Rams game, you guys you know, kind of seemed like the sky was falling. Maybe not you guys locked Yeah. You know, it's all mindset. You know, who we were that going into that week one is not who we are now. We understand what it takes to win in this league. Um, and, 
you know, that's that's the goal that we set to win MC West. Uh, forever, I'm sure. Uh, but I was, you know, told that was said to me early when I signed. Um, and so it's week, whatever it is, eight, seven, something. Uh, it's a long season. And so, yeah, it's good to be sitting at the top right now. But we have you know, a lot of division games and a lot of games left. I mean, what are you seeing from the guys up front, just in terms of that line? And how is that helping you all in pass coverage and also run defense? Those guys are balling. The best c coverage is rush. Uh, and, you know, we lost an uh, extremely talented, you know, just leader on this team with Uchenna. Um, and the guys are just rebounding and, you know, feeding off of that. Guys stepping up. Obviously, we signed Frank. And, you know, the guys up front have been eating. They play with some fire uh and so yeah it makes the secondary's job easy they were able to hit you with the screen game today what did you see in the sort of allowed them to have that much success yeah you know game plan wise going into this game we knew that they were effective screen team they were effective at the run game um they have one of the best o-lines in football right now uh they have some talented skill players and so we knew what was going to happen, but they were able to execute. They had some good new looks out there, um, and that's a good football team. You know, that's going to happen. They made plays. We made plays. Um, but, yeah, we got to show that up, and that's just, you know, a building block. It's great to get a win after them executing so many screens the way they did, and so now we have to learn and just progress. Before that third down play, they, they called timeout and everything. But, um, the way they've been running the ball, were you, were you surprised at all they threw it there, or what were you guys thinking? Uh, the pick play? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Especially that pass uh, concept, you know, they, their identity is kind of ground and pound football. Um, for that quick game, uh, I think it was slant and flat and slant flat to the boundary as well. Um, yeah, unusual, but, you know, it definitely was a, a changeup. And so that's what they expected. And thankfully, Jamal Adams is coming uh, head first uh, to get the ball. Anything else? Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, that was Julian Love. Goodness gracious, man. Everybody was making plays. He had his moments as well, had an interception, man. We got lots more to do when we come back. I'm going to get the guys involved, man. We got fans leaving Lumen. We appreciate you guys. Hey, analysis next right here on Seahawks Radio Network. It's a good day to be a Seahawk. I'm not going to lie, fellas. This intro music threw me off because uh, I was not doing this in the 90s. <laughs> and this was the 90s intro. Straight analog. So the, uh, the, uh, our producer, Nash Chobie, had to let me know, like, yeah, go, Bump. You're, you're live. Yep. Boy, you, you remember this? What? Qu quiet? This, this music. Sure. <laughs> I went back and watched, like, uh, like, some 1992 and 1993, like, highlight films. And this is the type of music that would have been an intro yeah. for the highlight film. It just had like it just that kind of generic sound to it. All right. Well, you know what? No time for that. We're Let's going go. to the podium. Let's do Jordan it. Brooks. <laughs> it was big. Um, I think earlier in the week, that's the number that we wanted to get. We know they got a good defense over there, and so <clears throat> it was going to take three to get the win. And so glad that we accomplished that. What were you seeing on some of the screen plays there? What'd you say? What were you seeing on some of the screens that they were Uh shoot, that was the problem we wasn't seeing. And so uh they did a good job running the screens today. They was catching us in some pressures where we were blitzing or catching us when we were in zone coverages or whatever. Uh they did a good job on that end, so that's one area we gotta get better at. Your uh, your sack and in fumble and all that, just what I guess take us through that play, what happened there? Um 
you know, I think they messed up the protection or whatever. They let me run free, and so just went and made a play. When you're that free, are you aiming for the ball too? Because you know you've got the sack. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it depends on where the quarterback's at, and he he had his he had his back turned, and so you know, got to get the ball out if he can't see me coming. What's Boy been showing you in the five star game with the sack? Yeah, he tackles it. What's he brought? He's been growing up. He's been growing up. Uh, took he's been taking a big step from where he was last year, and so it's pretty cool to see his growth and um, and just the player that we all know that um, that he is that he's becoming right now. What's this comeback been like for you, Jordan? You played, you know, eight less than eight and a half months after the surgery, looking as good as ever. What's it feel like to you? It feels good. It, it feels real good. Um, like I say, man, it's, it's all because of God uh, put me in position to do so. And so, um, like I told you guys last week, just playing with these guys, man, I've been having a blast, like seriously, like having fun. And so uh, I'm just thankful and appreciative of where we are and where I'm at right now. All right, that was Jordan Brooks. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. All right, Big Ray, you always seem to get cut off when guys get to the podium. You remember what you was talking about? Oh, no, I was just trying to say that that intro music was uh, what they played for the old school. I don't even know if they make highlight films anymore, but, like, back it's, in the they, day. They make highlight links. Oh, that's what there's, they There's make. a link you can send. Because I'm sure know. these were probably on VHS. Oh, they, yeah, I don't sure. even think they were on DVD. It was too, gra- it was too grainy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, got, I, I was trying to find some pictures of myself in the Seahawks blue, and here comes Geno Smith. Up to the podium. Oh, you get cut off again. Yeah, um, you know, they, they blitzed the slot. Uh, Jackson had an adjustment on his route, which he did a great job at, uh, you know, seeing that. I was able to get the ball out to him in space. Uh, he's, he's a very dynamic player in space. I thought uh, DK, I mean, what about his block, right? Like, he gets an assist on that play for the, just a great block. And then uh, Jackson finishing, off, finishing it off in the end zone. Um, you know, big for him, big for the team. It's great to pull that, uh, pull that win out. We've asked this many times, many other quarterbacks over the years. What about the two-minute drill gets you going? You went three for three to start that last drive. You know, I think it's uh – First of all, you know, talk about the way that we prepare. Um, Coach puts us in that situation every single day in the VMAC. So it's not uh, something that we're not used to. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Carroll does a great job at making sure that we're always ready for two minutes. So when we go out there, uh, it's just another day for us. It's just like another, like, standard practice. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's key. I mean, you know you know, it's going to be a passing situation. Um, you know the D-line is going to be, you know, getting off the ball. You got to get the ball out fast. And uh, you want to start with that first completion. But, um, you know, it takes everybody all along. 11 and uh, I feel like in the two minute you know we're just passing the ball and we're just you know doing what we're, we're good at and so uh, we just wanted to go out there and make things happen. You know how do you feel like you played today? I feel like uh, you know if I look at my, my game if, you know if I being totally honest with you uh, take away two plays three plays and you know we're talking about a really good game but uh, obviously you can't can't uh, eliminate those I mean those things happen and again that's something that I've been trying to you know be better at you know not having those uh, um, mistakes because those can hurt us and I feel like you know our team is such a scrappy team we find ways to win no matter what um, no matter what but I feel like if I can play up to my capabilities play up to my standard uh, who knows like I said what we can be because we're one of the best teams in football if we play right what's the key that maybe everything's not going great for you today. 
ignore it and have that drive at the end of the game? Yeah, it's a... Uh... You know, it's a collective effort. Um, you know, a lot of guys stepped up today. Uh, Tyler gave us a little bit of a pep talk on the sideline. Um, on that last drive, uh, Jason Peters, he stepped in there. He said something. You know, it was like, you know, this is what we practice and pre prepare for all week, you know, to get these wins and to be in these moments. And so um, it's a collective effort. Um, but it, it takes a ton of resiliency, uh, a bunch of guys going out there and just fighting, just fighting to the end and, and just believing. And so that's all it took today is just us believing and fighting to the end. You see in that stretch, I think you guys had six possessions where you had four, three and outs and then a couple picks. Were they changing up what they were doing on the other side? Or did you no, I think, I think overall, man, I think they just made some great plays. Um, the one interception to DK, you know, the last play of two minute guy undercuts it, makes a great play. Uh, D lineman drops out. We're throwing a, a hot route. He tips the ball up to himself. Um, this is the NFL, one of the best defenses in football. We knew we were going up against a, a really good defense, and they made some plays. You know, they really did. Hats off to the Browns. They're a really good team. But, uh, you know, we are too. And so when you have those type of battles, man, it's going to be back and forth. You can expect that. But, you know, the, the ultimate thing is to get the win. And so I think we did a great job at fighting to the end. Jason Peters. It's pretty wild to be in the huddle with the guy in his 20th NFL season out there playing tackle. Man, he looks he looks just like he's the first one, man. That guy is the ageless wonder. I, I can't believe it. You know, his 20th season, he actually probably played against uh, Seattle with the with the throwback jersey. So, um, I mean, just a special guy, man. And I think he he's had a hell of a, a hell of a career, but he's still out there battling like it's his first game. Did you think you had a free play on the interception towards DK? No, not at all. Um, you know, I was just throwing it in rhythm. Uh, guy did a good job undercutting it, and he made a play. Um, I can get the ball out faster or maybe lead him more to the sideline. But um, I didn't see a flag thrown, so I didn't think free play. Can you tell us about the Bobo rushing touchdown? I mean, what, have you guys been planning that play for a little while there? Yeah, yeah, we've been practicing that. Um, you know, Bobo, again, just a dynamic player, uh, can be used in a multitude of ways, so versatile. Uh, you know, I thought it was a great call by Shane right there. They were actually calling for the sneak, expecting a quarterback sneak, and then we uh, hit him with a quick jet sweep, and uh, Bobo puts his foot in the ground, goes in there, gets uh, beat, beat, is tough, and, and scores that touchdown. And I think, um, like I said, man, great call by Shane, uh, great blocking up front and then Bobo did his thing. And he and JSN now have touchdowns two straight weeks. I mean, the rookie wide receivers, what have you seen out of them? Yeah, it's what we talked about, right? The process and them just staying in the moment, you know, staying with the process. Uh, you know, early on in the season, things, you know, weren't going as great for them. Uh, obviously, like I said, we knew we were going to um, have more, more opportunities to get them the ball and they were going to be able to step up. And I think they did. Is the shirt, is that part of the 90s team? Yeah, yeah, old school. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we got to clean up. Um, you know, I just got to be clear with him in the huddle to make sure that we're on the same page. And, uh, you know, I'll do a better job with that. After the games, is, is the message uh, from Pete or Shane or whoever been kind of what you've been telling us, take out a couple plays and just play? <laughs> yeah, it is. And, uh, I mean, it's hard. It's the NFL. It's never going to be easy. And, uh, you know, one or two mistakes can cost you the game. But the reality is, is that we figured it out today and we got it done. You know, what you think about your run game and then the combination of, you know, of Walker and also Zach Charbonnet and why that challenges defenses? Yeah, I think you got um, a perfect mixture with those two guys. Uh, you know, Ken is uh, the guy who's going to make you miss. Uh, he, he can make you miss in the phone booth. Uh, you saw that first run he had. Uh, he's got speed. He's got agility. Um, and then he's powerful. He can he can drop the hat on you. And then you look at, you know, you look at Zach and you think, well, power back, but he's also shifty. So you got two guys who 
you know, either one of those guys can get out the backfield and catch. They're great in pass protection. And then with the ball in their hands in space, I mean, they're just as dynamic as can be. And so um, just really, really good to have those guys and great to be a part of this offense with them. Is it good to kind of return the favor to the defense, um, you know, with that final touchdown based on how they've been playing lately? Of course, of course. Um, our defense is playing lights out football. Um, and we got to continue to, uh, you know, reward those guys because, um, you know, they're, they're really one of the better defenses in football. We've got a chance every single week when we have that type of defense. And so uh, we know that once we get out to a lead and we score points, they're going to be able to pass rush. Um, today we let them back in the game because we, did, we weren't consistent throughout. But if we can be consistent and, and continue to put up points, man, we'll, we'll, we'll be pretty, pretty good. Did, did going away from the running game there in the middle of most of the, all the end of the fourth quarter, is that more of what Cleveland was giving you? You know, I think it's just a result of circumstance. Um, you know, Shane always does a great job at having a feel for what they're giving us. And, uh, you know, we needed to get some things going. And so usually when that happens, uh, you know, Shane's going to either put the ball in my hands or, uh, you know, obviously get the ball to Ken or, or Zach or one of our running backs. So um, it was just a circumstance, you know, just a circumstantial thing. And overall, like I said, man, if it's pass or run, we got to execute. And so I felt we did a good job today. Thank you, guys. That was your quarterback, Geno Smith, man. One thing I appreciated about today's game, yes, he did have his turnovers, but um, when it was time to win, he marched down and put together a drive to win. Our quarterback review is brought to you by T-Mobile, exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, up to the podium now, Rick Woolen. Opportunities in this year, I feel like, you know, I've really been getting opportunities. You know, sometimes they throw my way like once or twice a game. So, honestly, it just felt good to get an interception. You know, it was a great call. And, shoot, you know, tips and overthrows got to get those. Were you worried they were going to take it away? Uh, no, nah, I knew I had caught the ball. And I knew I was down on the ground. I had, put, I had elbow, elbow, knees, all that on the ground. So, I knew I knew I was down. It's just the fact that, uh, shoot, you know, they got the review, be all dramatic and stuff like that. Fan of the hands of the face call with the official say you're up Nah, because uh, when you out there playing physical and you out there just being yourself and playing your game, you know, uh, certain stuff like that happens. But uh, I thought it was a clean play, and you know, they see different things from up top and you know, whatever the ref seen. But you know, that's a play I like to have back. But you know, at the same time, we still went and got an interception with Jay Love, so it was an even greater moment. True. I was hoping somebody on our team got it. It, it felt like it was like a movie. Everything was just in slow motion. I was looking at the ball in the air, and it was just falling so slow. And I just seen twenty jump and get it, and I was happy. And I knew uh, once we did that, shoot, the twelves was going rally behind, and our offense, you know, they played pretty well today. And I knew that if we gave them a chance, they can go do their thing. Those illegal hand penalties. Do you feel like with, with you being a bigger corner that maybe you might be a little more under the microscope for, for calls like that? Uh, a little bit. Um, last year, I didn't really have that too much of that problem. It felt like I only got like one of those penalties. So uh, we'll just have to see. But, you know, it just happens because uh, I'm a taller guy, like you said, and long arms. So sometimes you just shoot these long arms and uh, it may hit a guy. But at, this, at the end of the day, you know, I just play my game and we just go to practice and clean it up. You got the three safeties on the field. What kind of multiplicity does that give you guys on defense? Uh, it does a lot of things. It gives offenses different looks. You know, uh, it, it shows that 
Uh, at the same time, we just play off each other whenever you can have three safeties, you know, go in and out the game, rotate and stuff like that. So it helps us out tremendously. And those three safeties are some of the best safeties in the league. And having them back there with you, it makes the job easier. And it helps with communication throughout the defense. How does that make your job easier? Sure. Uh, knowing that uh, I ain't got to make as much tackles, <laughs> but also, shoot, uh, knowing that they just know their jobs. These guys are vets. They've been in the league for a long time. And a young guy like me, it's my second year. Having guys like them, it helps me out because it shows, you know, what I can learn from them, you know, off the field and on the field. And uh, so far throughout the season, I've been picking new, new things up. And having those guys is really a blessing. Draft class came in, made a lot of noise last year. What's it like seeing another rookie class come in and do what all those guys are doing? Um, it's pretty cool. I like it because uh, it gave me flashbacks of the old Seahawks team. You know, they had a class of Russ, I think, and then they had like another class, didn't they? Like around that time, and they went on and uh, made a legacy for themselves. So uh, I feel like you know we can, if not reach that level or beyond that level, we just can continue to work, continue to play as a team, continue to play off each other and get closer as, you know, as a family. And having that extra class come in here, it shows that, you know, the culture throughout that building, it works. And whatever the coaches are t teaching us, coaching us, we just buy into it and do our thing. Anything else? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Oh, and boo. <laughs> Rick Woolen hit you with the Halloween boo. Man, I love his uh, personality, man. He, he's one of the most original players we have on this team. All right, man, we're just getting started. Lots more to do when we get back on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks get it done at home 24-20 to improve to 5-2. First place in the NFC West, fellas. Could you imagine that? As Dave Wyman waves goodbye, Dave called a great game today. Does what he does. <laughs> He's going to listen to us as he uh, drives home. So let's make sure we throw some jabs at Dave Wyman. Should, <laughs> should we host some serious traffic on I-90 up to the plateau there for him? Fellas, so we, we get this game done. And what I appreciated, I, I started to say this before um, we had a player step up to the podium, is that the knock on Geno is he doesn't put together a game when it drives. And he put together a game when it drives. Yes, he did have two interceptions. You can't ignore ignore that. But um, there are some things you want to see out of your quarterback before you get to the playoffs. And one of them is marching down the field for a win, Big Ray. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, to have a game like he had and the way, he's, you know, some of the, the mistakes or if you want to call them that, uh, the turnovers in the red zone and, and, and just inopportune times he's had in the last few weeks, the thing that's the most impressive to me is that he can gather himself enough to get refocused to then go down the field and lead a drive like that to win the game. That's it's really difficult to do because you can see on the sideline when it shows he's really frustrated, you know, either by his play or, you know, I don't know if the routes are right and all that other kind of stuff. And so that can impact you for the next play, but he's found a way to leave it on the bench when he gets back onto the field in those situations. And so it was really cool. I was hoping, I'm like praying that he led him at least to overtime just so he could – 
those two interceptions just he could flush him out somehow and get a fresh start. So ended up with a touchdown. Win. I love you said leave it on the bench. You hear her, leave it on the field, right? It's right. over. Leave it on the field. Yeah, leave it on the bench. I can get with that. Yeah, you have to, man. Otherwise, you know, you carry that thing out there. The next, you know, you're holding the ball too long, sack, fumble, or you're you know, trying to guide the ball versus throwing the ball and another interception. So I just think that's one of his superpowers is his ability to just keep it all in perspective and, and stay even killed throughout it. Hey, B, one of the things that I thought was really cool is that um, early the Hawks made it an emphasis to get Jake Bobo the ball, right? I mean, this guy is an undrafted free agent. The third week in a row he's had at least two receptions. Second week in a row that he scored a touchdown. Um, I think they, they're going to use this guy. I mean, he is a part of this ball club right now. He is in the rotation, and, and you can see what personnel groups he's in because he's always running out there with his, his biceps in there. So he must be in the big group, <laughs> the strong group, or, or, you know, they have some kind of name for it when he's running out there. And you know what I loved about it, um, especially that handoff um, that he got for a touchdown? One, there's no way Cleveland saw that coming. There's no way. No There's way. no way they can game plan for that. There's, you know, whenever the Seahawks have ran Bobo in that motion, he has been a lead blocker. Right. And then to be able to just slip him the handoff and let him find his way up for, you know, their for a red zone score first off. So that was huge too. But to um to see him get in there, I mean, that was just a great game plan, a great great play call by Shane Waldron. Um, but he's he's in. He 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 will see him now in the lineup. They're, they got four guys they will be rotating in, and all of them can do great things as we saw. And again, two rookies with two touchdowns today, and, and Tyler Lockett as well into the action. So three touchdowns by wide receivers. Can't ask for much more from a position group. Yeah, I'd say they're probably going to rotate five guys. Um, you know, you throw in you know DS groups. Well, D now, uh, a five burgers. <laughs> Bray thinking about food and stuff. Uh, look, I, I the thing about Gino, man, it's easy to be a front runner. You know, we, we've we've all more seen easy it with, with teams more it, easy. What's up? I'm sorry, I got to cut you off. For what reason? We got Tyler what? Lockett at the podium right now. What you can't put him on tape? No, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go live. I think we had about three three and outs in a row. And sometimes you can find yourself pressing, um, trying to be able to get out of the element mentally because it's like, bro, what's going on? Like, we got to figure this out. And so just making sure, like, we reeled everybody back and, you know, we were able to go out there, execute, and uh, Jack scored us the winning touchdown. What are they, when you're saying that, what's the reaction? Are they just staring at you or are they I mean, they're looking at me, but I'm trying to make sure I don't sound stupid because I, I got to remember what I'm trying to talk about. So, uh, I mean, it seemed like everybody listened. They understood. And it wasn't like one of those moments, like I said, where we were pressing or we were out of it. The defense did a great job just keeping us in the game, uh, even though, you know, the team was able to do great with their third downs on the other side. Defense allowed it to be field goals and not touchdowns. And so that keeps us into the game. In those situations, in two minutes, bro, what, how big is the first play? Uh, I think the first play is, is pretty big because it gets you in rhythm. It makes you be like, okay, okay, now we're in it. Let's go. Rather than we got to try to find a play that works to be able to get us started. So, I mean, I think anybody would like second and short or second and five rather than second and ten. What's Geno Smith showing you in a game like that where maybe it hasn't been the best game for a couple quarters and then he goes out and he's that drive? Uh, I think the thing that you learn with Geno is just resilience. I mean, at the end of the day, like, if we lose, then we're going to lose fighting and we're going to lose trying. You know, we're not going to sit here and say, man, I wish I would have did this and I wish I would have did that. And so regardless of what happens, it's like, man, we rocking with you. So if it don't work out, you see the defense does a great job, field goal. 
like moving on. So now we still got an opportunity as an offense, and that's how the NFL works. Is it? The, it's not one-sided where offensively we're doing great, but defensively isn't. It's like we got to make sure that we have each other's backs. And so I think that the defense did a great job with that. And then Gino, he led us down there, allowed us to be able to score. And, yeah, those are things that we could coach about or whatever on Monday. But when we're in the game, none of that stuff matters. It's like how can you, like, forget what just happened and then get back into that mindset where you're like, I'm going to keep attacking. And that's exactly what he did. What did you feel? Did, did anything really change after the, the first few series? I mean, you get score 17 points or for three possessions and don't score again, basically. Tell me I mean, I think, you know, the thing that changed is just, you know, we we had a groove and we were continuing to move on with that groove. And then it was like, you know, something happened or we made a big play and then it was a flag. And so I think, you know, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. It's hard to tell kind of like if it should have been a flag or what the case was, but we could do better at not putting ourselves in that situation. And so I think for us, I mean, we see what we can be when we hit the ground running, and then we see what we can be when we're stagnant. And like I said, defense did a great job keeping us in it. But for us as an offense, going where we want to go, we got to make sure that we play four full quarters. What do you make of what Bobo is doing? This, you know, comes in here as an undrafted rookie with the you know, 40 time that got all the attention, and now he's being a big contributor for you guys? Man, Bobo's taking advantage of his opportunities. Uh, he's doing everything the coaches is asking him to do and more, and that's what you want to be able to see in a rookie. Uh, like I said, he treats himself mentally. You would think he was a vet when you just watch him because he's like one of the last ones to lead a facility. He's always in there taking care of his body. And honestly, that's something that's hard to be able to understand when you're a young guy because <laughs> when you're young, you could just go out there and run. You don't even need to stretch. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's funny because now I'm 31 and I'm like, ooh, I need to go do some treatment just before I go practice. But, you know, for him, he's already doing it. He's doing whatever it takes to mentally get right, physically get right. He's catching jugs. He's doing everything that you would want to see a receiver do, and I'm glad that it's paying off for him and it's working out. You mentioned your, your age and whatever there, but I mean, you've been on the, the injury report the last couple of weeks, questionable and stuff like that. I mean, is, it, is this a tough stretch for you right now at all or with whatever you're dealing with? Or? No, I just think that, you know, they've been doing a good job taking care of me and stuff like that, and uh, for me, it's just trying to make sure that I do the things that I need to do essentially to make sure that I'm right. And so, you know, shout out to our academic, not academic, shout out to our athletic training staff. Uh, they do a great job. They have great plans for us. And a lot of it is just being conservative, you know, making sure that I'm good, stuff like that. It's not really like nothing crazy going on, you know what I mean? But, you know, they do a great job in making sure that I'm still available and still able to come out here and play. You mentioned doing that at 31. Can you imagine being in the trenches at 41 like Jason Peters? That's another story. 41 years old, still in the trenches, still playing at a high level. He got that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see y'all later. I'm about to take my little boo thing out. Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> One of the most original. Right? He said, look. Yeah, man, he can have that. But I'm going to take my booth tank out <laughs> real quick. I ain't mad at you, Tyler Lockett. Hey, one of the most consistent players on this team, like quietly consistent, nine targets, eight receptions, 81 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, he, he's, he has to be our generations, not equivalent to Steve Largent, but in that realm to where they're going to look back 15, 20 years from now and be like, Tyler Lockett did not get the love he deserved. Yeah, I mean, 
he's just like you said, consistency sometimes bore people to death, and 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 they'll look at it and think like it's not as spectacular as someone that's making you know one hand grabs or they have you know a two hundred yards receiving all the time. But Tyler Lockett is always making the play that needs to be made in the moment, like whether it's his little toe tap deals or it's a scramble drill and he's a guy that gets open like I heard on the radio um, listen to uh, Wyman and, and Bob that he can't even explain how he gets open sometimes like it's just like he just you know has a knack for being in the right place at the right time so I also like the consistency of his message like when he gets up to the podium he, he tends to kind of say the same things he believes the same things about himself and about his teammates and uh, and sometimes um, that's hard to do when you have to do so many of those of those interviews, you tend to sometimes contradict yourself, but he is a pretty consistent with his message and consistent with his, with his play on the field. Yeah. It's just, he does the little things. Um, he doesn't drop footballs. That's one. He, he runs great routes. So the quarterbacks trust where he's going to be. He was open a bunch today. And I mean, open, uh, there are some that he was wide open in some crossing routes that uh, Gino didn't have a chance to, to get the ball to him either. Cause you know, he was looking somewhere else at the time. But, you know, if we had a went to him 12, 13 times, he would have had 11, 12 catches and, and had an MVP game. But he just does all the little things. And I don't care if the national media or whoever appreciates him. I know we do. And uh, he's, he's still got a lot of game left in him. Sign of a good receiver, always open. He, he, you know, Gino, he's always in Gino's vision no matter what. So Gino starts rolling one way. There is Lockett rolling that way, and that's how we got the touchdown today in the back of the end zone. I thought we were going to see another toe-tapping catch. Um, and then, you know, what I liked what they did today was they started out, uh, you know, two of the first three plays were to Tyler Lockett, and they were to, you know, an eight- or nine-yard gain and a 13-yard gain. And so just give it to your your guy, your workhorse, your, your Mr. Reliable, and get him involved early. He mentioned that in the in the press conference, how important it is to kind of, you know, get that first catch out of the way or first, uh, you know, first game action and, and then you get the jitters out then you can just go from there but he's always going to be a guy as a receiver bump can relate to this you always pride yourself in, in your catch percentage right and the amount of mm-hmm. catches per targets you get and and tyler lockett's always some of the top the top in the league he's always up there you can always count on him um to be um you know bringing down in, in catches and and as a quarterback that's huge knowing that hey i put this this guy's going to be where he needs to be, and that's what it's about. It's about being where you need to be. It's not necessarily about, about making the fancy, crazy catch, but it's just having uh, the trust in the quarterback that he knows he's going to be in the right spot, that he doesn't have to think twice before he's letting that thing go at you. Before Tyler Lockett cut me off um, <laughs> earlier, <laughs> I was going to say something about Geno, and he, he kind of, Tyler alluded to it. Again, I said it's easy to be a front runner, right? I mean, you, things are going well. You're out fourteen nothing, and then all of a sudden there's that po- point, and we were all texting each other and saying, "Oh man, this feels like last year." You know, the lack of energy. Ah, you know, this this isn't going to end well. It's harder when you're just not playing at your best to finish a game. And you know, look, Pete's teams have done that for so many years. And you know, I'm watching Gene. I go, he's not having his best day. He wasn't having a bad day. He just wasn't having his best day. And then, you know, he finishes it with the win. And it's just, you know, there's two scripts to this, and this is how fickle this league is. And we're, one, we're about to say, here's everything that was wrong. Within and minutes. Within, yeah, overnight. <laughs> and it's like, wow, we're 5-2. and two. We're the number two seed in the NFC right now. And, you know, if, uh, you know, Philly doesn't, you know, they almost lost to, to Washington today. So there's no great teams out there. You just stay the course. You hopefully you stay healthy. Also in the 49ers now, you got three losses in a row, and their defense is starting to give up some chunks. Purdy is 
turned into an average quarterback right now. He's struggling with Uh-oh. interceptions. Well, I'm just saying he's thrown, I think, two interceptions the last two weeks. Uh, people are now protecting more the middle of the field, really forcing him to make some tough throws. That's not his game. So that doesn't mean they're not going to bounce back. But um, it's just nice to be 5-2. and two. we got a really tough schedule coming up. I mean, it is – it, it's a gauntlet, like maybe I'm not sure I've seen before. But now the 49ers have lost three in a row. I'm like, all right, we got them two two times in the next six you weeks. You know how that goes, though, Moyer. I do. Man. It's going to be a tough game. Baltimore next week. Right. At Baltimore, I can't wait to see it because I want to see do we have that ability to play that kind of game. I think we do. But then we we got Philadelphia. We got the 49ers twice. We've got um, – Dallas, thank you, at Dallas. I mean, Washington played well against Philly today. I mean, we got a lot of tough games in a row coming up the next eight weeks. You know what I appreciate about uh, Tyler Lockett? He protects his longevity. Like, the older you get, there's some things that you can do, right? Um, you know, if, if y'all came up here with Skechers, I wouldn't trip on you. I'm like, hey, we're getting older, right? <laughs> got Skechers on. You know, you, you go for your walks at night. And Tyler Lockett does not take a big hit. I don't think we will ever see this right. man take a big hit. He said he's 31 years old, and he realizes that. And you see it in his game. He's always open because he understands how to get open, and he will get down. He will not take a big hit. And I, and I feel like a couple of years ago, we were like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> but now we're like, man, keep getting your butt down because we're going to need you in the long run. That's- hey. Go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, I mean, it's, this is not Seahawk related, but Tyler Locker, Taylor, Lock, Tyler Lockett related. Taylor Swift is in yeah. in Madden the button that helped that when the receiver catches the ball and just go down. Yep. It should be called a Lockett button. Lockett. I think it's a triangle. Click like twice. Yes, because I mean, my, my son does that every time, and it makes me so frustrated. I'm like, stay <laughs> up so I can hit you. And, uh, but he goes, that's what Tyler Lockett does all the time. I'm like, all right, well then we'll call it the Lockett, the that's, Lockett button. I tell you what, if Tyler Lockett had about 15, 20 more pounds on him, maybe a couple inches, then I'd give him a little heat for, for going down all the time. But man, he is one of the smallest guys out there, so. Everyone in his position would do the same thing. Those guys are some big dudes coming at you. So uh, I respect what he does, and he makes the play, he gets down, and he's more important on the field than, than on the sideline getting checked for a concussion. Facts. You guys are good at your job, man. I just want to throw it out there. You guys are really good at your job, especially you, Moyer. <laughs> today's game Thank was, you. Today's game is presented by AAA. Join AAA Washington to get to and from all Seattle games with no worry. Follow AAA Washington on Instagram to learn more. All right, lots more to do when we get back. Seahawks win 24-20. Seahawks improved to 5-2 and two with a win over the Cleveland Browns. Let's go to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Trey Brown. Trey, you had a huge play on a third down that forced a field goal in the third quarter. How'd you read that play? Uh, I knew back shoulder. Um, <clears throat> they had Amari Cooper over there. I seen him check something. Uh, I knew it was coming to me. Uh, so um, should I, I, I got to him as quick as I could. Me and the QB made the uh, eye contact. Seen he threw it over there, and I just made the play. You know, I look at that second half, it felt like the Browns had the ball a lot, but how did you guys hold them to just a couple field goals? Oh, uh, man, we just kept playing, you know. Next play, we got that next play mentality, you know what I mean? Uh, when we go out there, you know what I'm saying, we can't get discouraged about what's going on out there because, you know, it's a lot of football out there. So, you know, we got to go make those plays, and it came to us. Well, Jamal makes that play, 
happened. Julian holds it in. What was it about the way either Maul read that play or Julian was there to pick it that made it impressive? Maul was being a ball player. You know, um, he wasn't able to get there in time. Uh, so he saw the QB throw the ball, jumped up in the air, hit it with his helmet. Uh, Julian was at the right place at the right uh, right time and made the catch. And man, we, that, 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 was a, that was a clutch play. We needed that. What is the challenge when the Browns are picking up those chunk yards in the second half? What's the challenge of kind of just shutting down whatever momentum they've created? I said, uh, you know, things happen. It's football, but we got to stay in it as a uh, team and as a group and uh, believe ourselves and make those adjustments and uh, just to go out there and hold water. One of the things they seem to be doing uh, an exceptional job at was some of those screen plays. Yeah. Did you guys see that on film? Were you expecting that? I mean, yeah, we knew they were really good. That, that's, that's what they do best is the screen plays, you know, uh, but uh, we made the adjustments. Didn't really quite see that a lot. And um, we, we, we were able to cut that off and uh, play ball. Seems like every week you learn something new about this defense or the team. So what was it this week that you learned? We uh, we got we, it, it was a challenge, you know. We uh, we rise to the top. Uh, we rise to the occasion, and uh, you know I'm saying it's not going to be perfect every week, but uh, we know we got we got that mentality to keep going. Yeah, and bump not a whole lot of points allowed in the second half of the last four games. As we get that back to you. That's correct, Jen. They don't give up points in that second half. Apparently, not too many. What you seen out of Troy Brown? More, it feels like we've been waiting on him for a long time, and he has not disappointed at all this year. Trey Brown? Yeah. Yeah. No, Trey's been really good. I mean, look, all three corners have been good. And, and Woolen, you know, some people say, hey, what's going on? I go, guy's second year, you know, in the league. You know, he, he hasn't even played that much corner yet. He's playing well. Maybe I'm actually starting to think he's playing better. He's just now getting more opportunities. And the reason why is it's like, where are you going to go? You're going to go to Trey. You're going to go to Woolen. I mean, those are tough matchups too. Now and they, and Trey, you know, I've said, technically Trey's our best corner. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, skill wise, size wise, you know, the, the other two guys got some major upside. I love our secondary right now. Uh, It's just, it's been a long time coming where I feel like on third down, we're going to have guys covered. We're going to be tight on coverage. That quarterback and the receiver are going to have to make a play. And even today it happened. You saw Cooper had to make a couple of plays, um, tough plays. And same thing with Walker. So, I, again, I really like what we're doing. We, I think Pete said something about our running game. You know, we, I like to have done a better job against the run. I go, they ran it 40 times. The running backs averaged under four yards per carry again. That's a win. So, that's good. High expectations, but we're, we're doing a nice job. All right, let's go back to Jim Mueller. She's standing by with Charles Cross. What was the most impressive thing to you about that final drive? Um, just the way we finished in the end zone. You know, just seeing everyone excited to finish in the end zone and you know, celebrating as a team. You know, I have talked to a couple of different guys. They have given DK a ton of credit for the blocks that he had on that drive. Did you have a chance to see those highlights? Oh, I haven't saw it yet, but I'm pretty sure he, you know, he, he had an amazing block on that play. What was it about the adjustments that Cleveland made in the second half that made it tough to pick up yards? Um, just we just got a uh, convert on third down. I feel like uh, we had a couple three and out, so just converting on third down. So um, I have to watch the film and see like the actual details of it, but. I feel like just converting on third downs to help a lot. Okay, but you were facing the best defense in the league. You rack up six, three hundred, excuse me, three hundred sixty-two yards of offense. That's like more than hundred and twenty than they usually give up. What was it that worked well for the offense? Oh, uh, I feel like just just marrying and running the pass. Um, got the ball out quick. We had some keepers, so we ran the ball pretty well. Um, 
yeah, just everything was clicking as offense. So just got to keep it going. I do love the smile on your face, especially when your backs get a couple of explosive plays. Mm -hmm. There was an early one from Walker. There was a late one from Charbonnet that gave you just what you needed. How does that run game just help loosen up that defense a bit? Oh, I feel like the run game does a uh, does a good job opening up the offense uh, in general uh, for the run and the pass. Um, it makes it hard on defense. There were a couple of guys that were taking on some vocal leadership roles today. How did Tyler help to settle the offense down? Um, you know, he settled us down as a as an offense. You know, just talking to us, letting us know we can uh, keep playing the next play um, and just keep playing, and keep playing. You also had Jason Peters talking to you because you were dealing with Miles Garrett for most of the game. What's the best piece of advice he gave you today? Um, just, just rely on my, uh, my training. Um, this is what I trained for in the offseason, so just putting it into action. We have talked about the number of elite pass rushers you have faced already in your career. What is it about Garrett that that makes him a handful? Um, well, he's a he's a great player overall. You know, he's a, he can go speed to power. He can go fast. Um, he can do so many things well. So just um just me trying to be at my best every play uh, helped me a lot. And Michael Bumpus, I don't think we called his name until very late in the game, showing how well Charles did today. We'll get that back to you. Charles Cross, man, this offensive line, we've seen a lot of bodies on that old line, Big Ray. They found a way to make it happen. What you see? Yeah, I thought they did a good job, but, you know, and, you know, uh, Stone Forsyth, I think, started at right tackle, and then they rotated Jason Peters in, and like Pete said, he was playing well, so they kept him in there. And then, you know, I've, like I said earlier, I thought that this is probably one of the most complete games I've seen Charles Cross play from – run blocking to his approach to the pass to pass blocking uh, against this premier player. I mean, Paul just gave the whole description in the pregame, how he went from a three point stance to leaping over a defender to block a field goal. So like that's the dude that you're playing against. And he played <laughs> one of his best games, I think, as a Seahawk against one of the, the best players, best defensive players in the NFL. Yeah, and, you know, I look at these stats, and it's pretty impressive. I, w I wish we could have ran the ball more, that's yeah. for sure, you know, because only, only 13 carries for the, from both the running backs. But when you can average 8 yards per carry, which Kenneth Walker did, and then 10 yards per carry, which Charbonnet did, and then one sack by um, Geno Smith was sacked one time. I mean, that, that just goes to show what the offensive line did today. I mean, that's, that's so impressive, and it would have been – you know, hindsight, you look back and, man, I wish we could have just kept pounding the rock a little bit and, and get those guys going. But um, hats off to the offensive line. Always, no matter what, we talk about them every week because every week they're beat up. Every right. week there's something going on. And every week we're saying we're, we're, we're surprised how well they did. So at this point, I, I think it's, you know, we just expect it from this whole, the whole offensive line group. They're a deep group. And the next guy is always, um, you know, risen to the top. Sometimes I'm curious about offensive coordinators. Um because again, I'm not even being, I'm not being critical here. More more conversational on this. You know, we we threw the ball 37 times. We ran it 17. Only 13 carries from the running backs. I'm going. Was that the game plan? Right. Did they think that's what we needed to do to win this game, or does it start getting away from you? I, and I don't know. I, I don't even know where at what point I go. Oh man, we're not running it. Uh, oh, we're, we're we're throwing it too too much. And sometimes, look, you get two minute warning, two minute situations where that skews it all. Sarfs, and you go, oh my gosh, we've thrown it so much. Well, yeah, we threw it fifteen times in the two minutes situations. Um, but man, it just felt like we could run yeah. the ball today. And I, I thought we schemed really well. And Bradford, again, I, it was just one time. I'm not going to say he had the greatest game in the world, but the couple times I saw him, I went, wow, those were incredible plays. He's so strong. And something about him and, and Evan Brown have a nice little feel going to it. 
So I don't know. I just felt like we could do whatever we wanted. I think the most impressive thing to me is they only had 10% of the, the pass attempts, quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. Flip that to our side on defense. You know, 33% of the time we got a quarterback. We had 10 hits on 31 attempts. So uh, I just, against one of the best defensive line, Pete thinks it's the best defensive line, at least the way they get after a quarterback in the league. So, man, big, big kudos to our, our O-line right now. All about them hogs. Yes. All about them hogs. Hey, 12, spend Thanksgiving with the Seahawks and us because we're going to be there too, the squad, all right? Secure your single-game tickets today to see the Seahawks take on the San Francisco 49ers in an epic Thanksgiving showdown on Thursday, November 23rd. A limited number of tickets remain, so visit Seahawks.com slash tickets now. When we return, we'll hear from Jason Peters. He is with Jen Mueller. That is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. The Seahawks are winners at home, defeating the Cleveland Browns 24-20. Let's go to Jen Mueller, she's with Jason Peters. You were a 20-year vet. How much were you chomping at the bit to, to play in today's game and, and to be a big contributor? Uh, ever since I got here, you know, uh, coming coming to Seattle for year 20 uh, was a blessing. Uh, thanks to Pete Carroll and, and the owners and everything. Uh, and I've just been waiting my shot, you know. I told Pete to just let me get my legs up under me and I was going to roll. I saw you talking to Miles Garrett after the game. I also saw you talking to Charles Cross during the game as he had that assignment for most of it. How did Charles do against Miles? I think he did great. Uh, the, the one sack he gave up, I think it was my fault. Uh, <laughs> I pushed the guy up and made Geno step up, and Miles went under him. So you can credit that one to me, but he did a great job the whole game. Yeah, but the other thing I saw you doing was telling the running backs, just hit it hard. You were going to seal your guy off. Is that what we saw Zach do on the second-to-last drive? Oh, yeah. I just told him to hit it, just trust that I was going to get that guy cut off, and, and A.B. and the rest of the line was going to wash the guys down, and if they hit it, they one on one with the safety. I hear you talking a lot during the game, but I saw Tyler bring the entire offense together. That doesn't happen often. How did he help settle guys down? Yeah, Tyler just brought us up and told us, you know, even though we lose and we just got to stay focused and we've been there before and just let's finish. You know, that's why we practice hard and, and that's all he was trying to get the message across that even though we was losing, just take one play at a time and we'll come out with the win. What is your biggest takeaway from this game? Resilient, re- resiliency. Uh, we was down, we was up. We was down right there with a little bit of time and we just came back and just kept fighting. Lastly, you have missed post-game interviews, haven't you? You've been dying to do this interview, haven't you? I've been biting at the bit. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call that a mic drop bump, and we'll get that back to you. All right. Thank you, Jim Miller. In partnership with USAA, the NFL Salute to Service Initiative is a year-round commitment to honor, empower, and connect our nation's service members. Show your support this season by shopping Seahawks Salute to Service gear, including caps, hoodies, and tees. Shop now at Seahawks Pro Shop at the Landing and in Renton and Lumenfield or online at Seahawks.com slash Pro Shop. When we return, we'll give you our player of the game. That is next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. We are back. It's the Seahawks post game show. Michael Bum is with the squad. Paul Moyer. I feel yes. like Paul Moyer and Big Ray, Big Ray were walking around the stadium looking at the jerseys and having flashback. You know, Big Ray is like, power, trap, trap, trap. <laughs> and you got Paul Moyer talking about cover three, cover three. Cover you know, you guys are just, you know, going through memory lane. How'd that feel? I was just trying to see if there was a photo anywhere of any of us up there. But um, 
You know what's weird? Even for our post-game shows, God, it's so much nicer to win. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just makes you you feel feel good about it. But are we, are we going into the MVP thing? MVP. Hold on. Let me do my read first. Okay. The player of the game is powered by Kia Tell You Right X Pro. Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Now you do your thing, Morgan. Do you want me to go first? You go ahead. I think this is a tough one. Um, there's a, and by the way, because yeah, I was just asking you, Ray, how much you thought that Jason Peters played? You thought probably half, and I, I didn't even notice him one time. Uh, just go show where my brain was today. But I did. Frank Clark played a lot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was in quite a bit. I don't know how much he got in, maybe a third or so. Um, I'm going to go with somebody who, I mean, I know the numbers don't aren't going to show up huge, but man, he. There was pressure on on JP um, Walker most of the game. I mean, I th- really thought we'd collapse a pocket for the most part. Um, ten quarterback hits. We had four of those quarterback hits came from one guy. It was Boye Mafe, uh, and he just keeps getting better. And we needed a guy to step up when you lose Uchina, who was playing as well as anybody that we had, you know, on defense. I'm really excited for this guy. He he's starting to become a complete player, both in the run and the pass. And so I'm my I'm I'm not even giving any I'm not even giving uh honorable mentions. I'm just going with Boye Mafe. Nah, because that's for B Walt. Okay. B-Walt. <laughs> B-Walt is honorable. You got three kickers, two two snappers, and a holder. I'm not done making my list yet. Yeah. <laughs> and checking it twice. Yeah. So let's let's go to let's go to be Ray. Well and, I, I think you know before the game, my keyhawk was going to be Charles was Charles Cross, and I thought you know the way he played today, there was a one point in the game where uh, Miles Garrett had no stats at all. It was zero uh, pressure, zero tackles, zero sacks, anything. And then, like Jason Peters just said, you know he kind of slipped, a, you know, in one of his uh, pass blocks and made Geno scramble out the pocket a little bit. And Miles Garrett got the sack there, so uh, it's really hard to contain that dude. Like that, that is. When you talk about needing dudes on your team, Miles Garrett is one of those guys. And he's also the dude you want to be the first one coming off the bus with no sleeves because he's just yoked like that. And so Charles Cross did an excellent job. But to me, I thought it was the most complete game he's played. I don't know how the all the pro football focus stats and all that stuff is going to come out. But me watching the dude and he's getting his dude most of the plays, I'm, I'm going to go with Charles Cross. All right. We got you went. Who'd you go with, uh, Moye? Mafe. Yeah, look, and Mafe, I have no problem cross. with the cross one either. So, I mean, he, he really did play well. Good for you. He has no problem with it, Big Ray, because if he had a problem with it, he'd make you change your pick. No. Well, they'd not have to right. have a problem with Paul. We may have to just no. meet in a parking no. garage. See, I, I, I saw your no-neck picture back in <laughs> 1992. <laughs> I ain't messing with that. Oh, man. All right, who you got, B-Weezy? I can't pick what they, who they picked. Yeah, you can. Sure. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Right. Well, my initial thought was Boye Moffat. Well, then you go with that. I, I know, I know, <laughs> but i like to give some other guys some love. You know what? I'm going to go to the wideouts. Let's go. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I go to Tyler Lockett for eight catches uh, on nine targets, the big touchdown to go up 14 Nothing. Uh, Tyler just doing Tyler things. He's Mr. Reliable out there. I have an honorable mention, but I'm gonna. Uh, I think you go, so I won't even say it. I'm gonna wait till you say. Hey, it. No, hey bump, I, bump. Do you want to teach B. Walt what this segment's about? No, you teach him. You it, teach it's, him. It's the MVP. We could actually all agree on one MVP. Yeah, I wanted to go. I I, I got to give t- Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that Maury is always trying to figure out a way to win. I like this, like the the score prediction uh-huh. or the like. Yep. You know what the worst part about this is? It's like, you know, when you guys, you know, 
one of your homies and stuff, and you just want to compete with him all the time. You never want him to win. That's how I feel about Paul Moyer, and I got to agree with him right now. I got to agree with him. <laughs> I'm going with Boye, man. This, I mean, this kid, the potential of this young man is crazy right now. And he took that whole last year, uh, took his ups and his downs, and the play that stuck out to me the most are the plays that he doesn't make, but he influences, right? He doesn't make the sack, but he does exactly what he's supposed to do. And in reality, it's like you're almost like you're taking an L, but no, you're forcing a play somewhere else, and now your buddy makes a play. So not only is he doing that, but he's getting sacks at the same time. So I got to go with, with Boye. Now, who's your honorable mention, B? Jamal Adams' helmet. <laughs> Just his helmet? Just his helmet. Just that, that tip, that, that last play. I mean that was that was well, huge. You know, but he also you know, had a great game though. You know, he had eight tackles, and, and, and by the way, the, the, the Jordan Jordan Brooks played another yeah, really good, good game, yeah. especially that first half when he caused that uh, had that first sack and caused that fumble. And we, you and I, I think B Watt looked yeah. at him, we went, "Whoa!" Yeah. I mean, he shot out of a cannon on there, about killed the quarterback. <laughs> and I, 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 there was one play. Uh, I don't remember if they threw to his guy. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a running play, and he, he forced it back in. And I watched him, and he kind of walked off by himself. And I I think he just had this moment like, I've arrived. I'm a good football player. I, I, I can stop the run. I can stop the pass. I can get after the quarterback. And there's we've all had that moment. I saw that moment with him where he just felt this, I, I'm invincible. And then yeah, he, he, we know how he's playing. Man, that's a great feeling. All right, Toels, it's your turn. Now's your chance to weigh in. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. When we return, it's all about the Ravens. That is next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Charbonnet in the backfield. Gino from the shotgun. Lock it wide to the far side. JSN. He gets the throw near side. Turns out field. Got a blocker. Touchdown, Seahawks. No flags. DK Metcalf with a great block. Jackson Smith and Jigba turns upfield and takes it in the front corner of the end zone. What a drive by the Hawks. Thank you, Julian Love, for the pick. And Seattle goes back on top, 23-20. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plum and Stop Freaking Call Beacon. Let's look forward to next week. You saw one great defense. Get to see another one next week. Plus a Mo better quarterback, man. What are we looking for, Paul Moyer? He throws his hands up. <laughs> He's trying to figure it out. I got to put my headset on, man. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm not even there yet. Uh, look, they're the number two defense. Uh, we just faced the number one defense, so it's going to be another tough battle. But what makes this one tougher is obviously we're on the road. And as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, they, they tried to take away uh, his run a week ago, and all he did was thread them through the air. So he's he's multi-capable. It's going to be a tough game. It's also, you know, Baltimore's physical. That's just a physical game. That's where I said, okay, do we have that ability? I think we do. Um, I thought we matched that today because Cleveland coming into this game, we'd seen they might have been the most physical team we'd played this year. And I thought we matched up really well, both both sides of the ball. So great test. I mean, they're five and two. We're you know we're five and two. Uh, two teams that uh, are they in first place? Probably. I would think they'd be in first place in their their division. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun game. Early game, 10 a.m. start here. So we got to get up bright and early. I know you're gonna have a tough time, bump, because you're doing the Washington State game Saturday night, and you got to find a way to get back here by 7 a.m. You know what they say? Oh, when there's a will, 
is away. I mean, that's, that means you're in your 30s because there's no way us old-timers could do that. Barely in them 30s. No, he's still you're in the 30s. And you're right. Baltimore is 6-2. and two. They lead the AFC North. Pittsburgh is 4. Man, the AFC North is pretty tight. You got 6-2 and two and then three teams under them at 4-3 and three apiece. So. Yeah, I, I think like Paul said, too, is like uh, Lamar Jackson in the last two weeks have done it two different ways this to, to today I think it was 18 for 27 for 157 yards and a touchdown and he had a few rushes but then last week he was 21 for 27 for 357 yards and three touchdowns so uh he's a he's a dude that can beat you at a multitude of ways and as a team the last two weeks they've rushed for over like 125 yards and probably average around five yards a carry so the team is the defense is going to be uh the Seahawks defense is going to have to be really up for especially rushing him uh, in the past game and stand in your lanes. You give him a window, he can still get out and, and do some damage. And then uh, and then really limiting uh, his ability because you can't say, hey, we're going we're gonna to make them one-dimensional because they can run the ball. You can't say we're going to make them one-dimensional because then he can have one of those 21 for 27, 357 yard games and throw the ball. So it's going to have to be a really uh, complete effort by the defense. Going against the uh, argue, arguably the number, you know, probably two tight end in the league next week, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, to me, he's he's one of the best all around players in this league, and he's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. And so the you know Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks, they're they're going to have their uh, work cut out for him, stopping him because he's a big red zone target, and um, he just he kind of he he does it all for the, for these guys. So Mark Andrews will be a guy I'll be looking out for for the Ravens. Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, and a good defense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough one. They can win this one, man. Who knows what this team can win. do? Today's win, win. win. Thank, Thank you. you, thank you, Moyer. Today's final score: Seahawks twenty four, Browns twenty. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboards by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Pre-game engineer is Brendan Rogers. On-site engineer is Zach Davies. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobie. The Seahawks hit the road next week to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 a.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moy, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks win 24-20 over the Browns. Talk to you next week. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino, Top Fitness, and your local carrier heating and air conditioning dealer. You are listening to Hawk Talk. The Seahawks win at home 24-20. They defeat the Cleveland Browns on a game-winning drive by Geno Smith connecting to JSN. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters. You know, Paul, you um you said it perfectly after the after the game, post-game show. You said we were two minutes away from this whole thing feeling a lot different. We went from, my goodness, what are we gonna do? Four and three. Offense didn't execute in the second half. Defense did just enough to keep us in the game. What are the Niners going to do to, you know what, we're in first place in the West, baby. Yeah, we are. Life is good, man. What you get from this game? Yeah, you know, it's the, my, so my first script was, you know, nine and eight, it would probably be good enough to get the, into the playoffs this year, right? Because we're going to be four and three, and we're definitely going down the wild card path. And 
you know, I mean, I was going to question some things that, you know, adjustments we made because uh, I kept writing stuff like, wow, Cleveland really, they did some things I thought were really cool. Um, but then we adjusted at, at the right time. And if we could have got the, there were so many big moments that we didn't get the call or make the play. And usually you lose those games. And this is what makes this team so fun to watch for me and that while wow, you know i use the word resilient whatever cliche you want want to do on there but i really believe they think they're going to find a way to win and that's great so now okay two minutes later now i'm looking at it going wow we're in first place we get to play philadelphia we control our own destiny to have home field advantage throughout the, the playoffs and there's no great dominant team this year you know, it, it, this thing's wide open. There's a lot of five, a lot of teams with two losses right now, three losses, which means you're still still in it. So, I, uh, you know, my takeaway is I, we're we're young still. We're getting healthy. Um, I think our best football's still ahead of us, and we got a gauntlet coming up. And we're going to find out really are we that team or or not. And we're going to find out really fast next week. Well, the thing I've learned is that. You can't win it in the first. You can't. Like, it's like I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack every game in the press box because I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, the good thing is that with these tough teams coming up, uh, that it's probably going to be some tough games. You have a bunch of young players that now know what it feels like over these several weeks of playing these really close games and finding a way to win in the end. And uh, and I think that's a good mentality to have. Now, would you like to just kind of get the ball, the game under control in the first quarter and first half? Absolutely. But uh, a lot of the, you know NFL games are one-score games, and so you're going to have to be comfortable in those situations. And they have a lot of young guys on both sides of the ball first-year players, second-year players, third-year players that have experienced that can take that into the game with them. Look, this game, as simple as it is, this was a beginning, middle, and an end, right? The beginning, the Seahawks came out hot, and they played about the best football you can you could play. You go up 14-0 on the, the um, league's best defense, and, and – and Gino looks perfect. Everything's firing on all cylinders. That That's perfect. That's great. That's what you want to ask for. But you know that's not going to continue, right? The other team is good. And the Cleveland Browns are a good defense. And, and what happened in the middle was, I don't even know if it's the Seahawks playing bad football, but it's Cleveland playing their good their good football. Their defense really stepped up. And uh, I, I, I want to say, Gino, you know, the one mistake that I, I didn't like was the one at the end of the uh, first half. Um, he was just a little late on the out route. Um, other than that, I thought Gino played a good game. The interception later on to, uh, toward JSN sounded like it was uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba who was supposed to continue his out route, but he sat it down thinking it was his own. And, and Gino saw that, and he threw the out, and then the Browns guy uh, was there. But but the Browns have – we forget about that. We, we blame Gino and, and the Seahawks so fast, but the defense of the Browns is number one in the league. Right. And, and, and then to be able to come back from that, from that little jumble of a mess in the middle and finish the way you did just shows so much to this team and, and finding a way to win, finding a way to, to take the ball, um, however many yards that last 60 yards or so that last drive was after the interception and punch it in and get the game-winning touchdown. It just shows a lot about this team and, and where they are, and you have, to, you have to have games like this to mature and to continue to grow. Yeah, be- I was just saying, yeah, B, go ahead, man. No, no, I was just going to say, B, B. Walt is like the new Professor 2.0 right there. Yeah. Like, just broke it down. Like, like we're like in, at Cornell, or not Cornell, 
Colgate. Colgate. Oh. No. Oh, oh, I had it right the no. first time. Oh, I got to go. That's me. I, I, I felt that like out I was in like a, you know, like a seminar. Eugene or is Colgate. He's Cornell. Gotcha. Uh, they're both C's. We're good. Um, <laughs> you know how many, because again, you, you start watching Twitter and I'm getting texts, you know, and it's, uh, you know, you, Nobody loves their quarterback when things aren't going right. right. It's, oh, man, we, if we had another quarterback, they'd be better. Name me. Get, name the quarterbacks on this team with this offense who you would trade for right now. I mean, it, it ain't many. I mean, it's it's less than a handful. You know, I mean, you could throw Tua out there at Miami. I go, would he be better on this team? Right I go, now. Tua's got, you know, I mean – I Gino knows how to get rid of the football. He doesn't take a lot of sacks. I mean, he gets hit at times. He, I've told you, he's protected the offensive line at times where he's felt, you know, the pressure and he's, he's gotten rid of the football. Today was some things where we went, what was that? I mean, there were some, it almost looked like he either hung onto the ball too long and the nose was down and it was wobbly. Nori, he spends the ball. I mean, he's got a tight spiral. And you're right. I go, other than maybe that one in the first half, because I didn't even love the route you and I kind of battled that and I probably shouldn't say that without re-watching it but he did not threaten talking about DK he didn't threaten the corner at all when you can throw a timing route out and the corner jumps it and makes the play you're not threatening that guy enough he came out of his break way too easy and undercut that thing uh, the other one again I thought it was funny that Pete talked about the one on JSN and that interception I thought that was Gino and he said no you know it was a route that was run wrong you still throw it on the quarterback because he had the ball last but you know if you go and break down every single throw he made other than a couple that he hung on to and those the, the interception yeah another great game against the number one defense by a long shot in this league and we had over 100 yards more yards than they were given up this year and i and i don't think we played great yep. and that to me gives us a, a lot of hope Gino has 58 starts. He has 12 game-winning drives. I think uh, people need to hear that again. All right, 58 starts, 12 game-winning drives. He's doing his thing. Let's hear from Jamal Adams at the podium. How you feeling, Jamal? Feel great. I uh, got a win, so that's all that matters. Can you take us through the, the interception? Yeah, man, uh, honestly, I, uh, I got that from Messi. Uh, you know, I was just coming on a blitz. Um, great call by Coach Hurt and Pete, and obviously, you know, it was had to make something happen. Obviously, we needed the ball back, and uh, seeing the guard kind of pull and jumped as high as I could, uh, and luckily, I pulled it off, man, right off the head. Have you had a deflection off your head before? Yeah, uh, when I dropped the pick. <laughs> so, you know, it came back in my favor, man. So, uh, I'm grateful. Uh, you know, Messi taught me that one again. So. Hey, Ronaldo, Messi, whoever you want to call it. It doesn't even matter, man, as long as we got the win. Julian said he was kind of surprised that they ran the play they did there. They threw right. the ball. Yeah, obviously, you know, we thought they were going to run the ball because um, they had us on our toes. Obviously, you know, just coming out, uh, they were they were getting a lot of chunk yards. and uh, But, hey, they ran it. They, they passed it on that, and we, we had a, a great call for it, and we made a play. Jamal, you've been through a lot over the last year. You were telling us about that the other day. What does it mean to make a play like this? Oh, man, just, just grateful, man. You know, uh, God is good. Um, I want to do whatever I can just to help the team win, and that's what, it's, that's what it's about. It's not about anything. I'm not trying to make it about me or whatnot, but um, it's definitely been hard. Um, still a long process. Um, you know, 
just got to continue to, you know, grind with it. Uh, but, man, I'm just grateful just to be here, grateful to be, you know, with my teammates and uh, grateful to get a win. Just did you intentionally put your head down, or did you just see the ball? No, 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 no. I yeah. definitely didn't. Uh, try to put my hands up. Um, obviously, you know, again, just went right off my helmet, and uh, it was in the air for a long time. So I'm just glad we came down with it, uh, switched the game, flipped the field, and our offense went down and put a hell of a drive together and scored. What did Geno Smith show you in a game like that where maybe things aren't going well right. for a lot of the game and then when yep. you need most? Just grit, um, you know, perseverance, and obviously just just the finish. That's what we preach over here, man. We just – we're never out of it uh, until, the you know, the court, the, the last ending is done. Um, once that once that time clicks off, uh, that's the end of the game. But, you know, as long as we have time on the, on the clock, we're going to fight. We're going to fight to the end. Big picture, beating a team like that that is so good at running the football and right. kind of grind games out. Mm -hmm. How big is a win against an opponent like that right. in the scheme of things? That's a great football team over there. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, uh, they're well coached. Um, obviously, we knew going into it they were going to run the football. Um, it's a gritty group, uh, very aggressive, downhill, attack mode. And uh, we, ha we had a couple little, you know, wrinkles in there that, you know, we didn't fit right, um, including myself. Uh, so, you know, we just got to get better uh, as far as in the run game and slow some of those uh, leaky, leaky yardage uh, down. Uh, but for the most part, man, we, we, we figured them out um, and we shut them down. Appreciate it. That was Jamal Adams getting in the groove, man. We saw him a couple times frustrated going to the sideline because he wants to be on the football field. Can't blame a guy for wanting to do that. When we return, man, we'll hear from Boye at the podium and Jake Bobo with Jen Mueller. That is next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and News Radio 97.3 FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Cleveland looking at a third down and three. At their own 29-yard line, they're four of seven, 57% from third down. Strong is going to empty out to the far side. Walker, the quarterback, by himself in the shotgun. Seattle's going to blitz. Walker has time. He's going to get run down. He has swarmed under by Boye Mafe and knocked off his feet. And that time, the Seahawks' defensive front they did not have any gaps, Dave. They just pushed right back to the quarterback. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Hawk Talk. Sorry, I get a mixed up. You know, I do, I do so much. You know, I forget where I'm at sometimes. Let's go to Boya. He's at the podium. How we doing? How are you doing? How are you? Good. First of all, where'd you get the hat? Uh, Simple Seattle. Check them out. Really good stuff there. Five straight games of the sack. Uh, what's, what's clicking right now with you? Uh, just honestly, just figuring out what my game is right now. You know, understanding that every situation, every position you go against, tackles, they're all different. So just preparing myself and really knowing that in the league now what's going to happen. And the biggest thing is understanding, like, what I have done is one thing, but I have to prepare to continue and trying to maintain this stride that I have right now. Are you seeing more attention with chips and stuff uh, since you've been hot lately? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a there's a little bit of difference, you know. You have to prepare on how to play off of the chips and how to uh, put yourself in a position to still be effective, you know, regardless of the chips, regardless of the ways they made use to nullify your pass rush. Sack and eight tackles for you, a bunch of quarterback hits. Daryl Taylor had the sack play. Do you feel like you all kind of collectively have to step up with ten out? 
I mean, we definitely do. I mean, he was a big part of our defense. You know, there's a reason that he was that guy for us. Uh, and it's not even just how he played. It's also the mentality he had and the mental aspect of the game. You know, being out there with him, was, he's one of those people that could give you tips and tendencies. So just being out there with him was easy. And now we just have to find a way to step up as a whole group and figure out how we're going to adjust our roles and make sure that we can be those players. Wins are wins in this league, but how does that getting a victory against a team like that that you know is going to play smash mouth football and, and they're going to play physical, how does a win like that stack up when you're trying to position yourself to be able to make noise in the NFC and in the division? I mean, it's a big one. Uh, we always told ourselves, especially, you know, we, as of last year, we wanted to improve our run game. And knowing what type of team this was and what type of team they would be bringing in here, we had to be prepared, to, you know, for the run game. And that's one thing that they, they strive on, and that's one thing they've, you know, they've been having success on. So we had to figure out a way to nullify that and get into our type of game. And I feel as if we had the opportunity to do that in the game. And, you know, really, they had some runs that got on us, but just for the most part, we actually had held them down to I feel a really good number. The standard of getting three turnovers, uh, how often is Clint enforcing? Is that every day? Yeah, 100%. But what feels different for you this season compared to last season? We hear about guys you know, making second-year jumps for whatever reason. What do you think it is that's clicking for you right now? I mean, as of last year, it was one thing, you know, I was a rookie coming in, understanding the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go into your second year, you have a plan, you go here, you have a whole off season. Now I know what to expect, and now I know how much time I have to prepare. So honestly, going in from last season to this season, I took that time to really reflect on my game, reflect on what things I need to, how to get comfortable out there. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Uh, the, definitely the biggest thing for me is that the comfortability when I'm on the field, you know, all of a sudden you hit an inside move and then, boo, you're there at the quarterback. And with Nuosa going down, does it, you feel like you sort of have to step up to pick up some of that slack? Uh, I mean, it's as a group, we have to. You know, saying so, once we lose somebody as a group, we have to understand that roles are different and situations are different. So, is you know, he was a big, like I said, a big factor. So, have to be able to step up as a whole group. It's not just one player taking on the whole role. We have Daryl Taylor. We have Derek Hall. Derek Taylor is actually stepping into his role and he's really stepping up. He had another sack today. So, as a group, we have to pick up and make sure that we can uphold our end of the deal. When you're comfortable out there, just going back. A moment there. Are you then less thinking about the play and just reacting and making the play? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you can see things, you kind of, you know, football's one of those things where it's, it's art, you know what I'm saying? There are certain movements and certain things that you know have to happen in a play. And when you see it, you kind of can see the play unfold before it happens. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was young Boye Mafe, man. He's um second year in the league. He sounds like he's about three, four, five years in the league, man. A mature young man making the necessary adjustments. I like his game. Yeah, he he, he does a he like I told people before, he reminds me a lot of Cliff Averin. I think someone said that before and, and it kind of made me pay attention to him that way. Uh because he's not the most physically imposing dude. He's not the the fastest, quickest guy, but he does. He pass rushes really well uh, with his hands to keep the the, the offensive lineman's hands off of him. Uh, and then in the run game, he he holds up really well. It re, in, in that respect, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Derek Thomas because Derek Thomas was at for the Kansas City Chiefs for you really young guys uh, was a, an amazing pass rusher, but he was an underrated uh, run defender. But he could get his hands 
you know, in your chest and hold the edge until, you know, all the other, like Dave Wine would say, mean, nasty guys would come to make the tackle. And so uh, Boye does kind of the same thing. And uh, it has been cool just to watch him learn from Cliff and the guys that have been around and then take the coaching from the field to the game, which is sometimes a little harder transition for young dudes. It's a young group. I mean, you know, you got Derek Hall's rookie, you got Maffe's second year player. I mean, I know we think Daryl Taylor's some old dude, but he's not, you know, yeah. and he's uh, now in a, a rookie contract is, or, you know, free agent contract coming up. So hopefully we see some good things there. I, I thought Frank Clark, I didn't watch every play he was in, but, you know, he looked like Frank. You know, he still has some quicks to him and, and strength. Uh, I don't know how, how many – I don't. I actually didn't see Frank's uh, stats or anything. And, you know, you got to see Bush in there too. Uh, you know, when you lose – I actually there's when uh, Jamal Adams was out, Bush definitely went in on that. So I think just a lot of different packages. And it, I think it helps us match up. You know, so someone wants to put three tight ends in, you know, one tight end, 31 personnel, 21 personnel. You know, we have the – I think the personnel to match up with whatever they throw at us. Here's what I love about Boye Mafe so far is he was kind of the talk of the offseason. You know, Pete was hyping him up like crazy, and and you just there was expect, expectations were high. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the level, and he is living up to it. In my opinion, he's he's arguably probably the the MVP of the defense. The first half, I don't know if we're calling this the first half. You know, Pete had a big questions about if it's the first half or not too in his press conference. Well, it's but, simple math, Cornell. Well, we have another half to play, and then it's half. <laughs> then it's half the season. So at halftime of the Ravens what, game, it's what do the we first call half this? of the like, season. What, what do we call this? This Cornell? is the first half okay. of the season. All right, if you say it, I, I believe uh, into the first half. Wazoo. Halfway through is what I'm trying to say. Right, How about that? I went to Wazoo. The halfway yeah, point of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think boys. Actually, know, it'll be the halfway of the game after Baltimore. But I get you. What are we? Isn't this week nine going into week no, eight? Or? Well, no, we, we're five and two at seven oh, games. We had a bye week. Then we're going to play Baltimore. That'll be eight this games. Was week if you, eight. If NFL. You double, NFL season. If we doubled eight, it would be 16, Cornell. Eight. So then it would be half. Why has everyone got to bring Cornell in? You, it? This, it's your wide receiver who went to Cornell. You've you got to let me this. This used to go to a bar named the library. It doesn't mean. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let me. Let me. <laughs> this is truly a throwback conversation because this is something that Dory would be. A, like all the numbers. Dory will be on top of it by the end of this segment. This is week eight, correct? This is week. This eight. is week eight. Next I'm, week I'm is week what, nine. What Paul says. Next week is week nine. Correct. Correct. There's no in between there, right? Like you either have week eight and that's 16 games, or week nine that's 18 games. There's only 17 games, so you got to pick where you're halfway. So there's 18 Preach. weeks in the regular season. Well, well, well. We play 17 that's games. Fair. So divide the two, <laughs> carry the one. Yeah, you're right. 18. I'll give, it, I'll give you Cornell. that. Cornell. I'll give you that. You're right. 18 weeks in the regular season. We're just messing season. with okay. you, man. Okay. Go ahead. No, Go no. Ahead. You know what? Look, you don't get away with anything here. You know <laughs> I that. Know, I don't. How about in a locker room? I mean, you you, you do what you stub your toe, they're going to look at you like you're the worst athlete ever. So there's no break here. I don't even know what he was talking hey, about you know anymore. What? Pete Carroll's on my side. He was having a hard time with it, too, on the press conference. So You know what? Jake Bubble's on your side, too. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. There we go. <laughs> Jake, on that touchdown in the first quarter, I think you've been a lead blocker on that play a number of times. So how does having that on tape maybe help throw them off a little bit when you actually go into the end zone? Yeah, I think that was the idea. Um, you know, been going in motion, uh, just running up the middle a couple times uh, in the last couple weeks. So it was a great scheme by Shane. Um, so, yeah, hopefully with, with that on tape, you know, folks will think uh, think a little differently. 
I was a little surprised to see how much the passing game got involved early, just knowing how few yards the Browns have given up in the air. Yeah. What was it that you saw about attacking them in some of those opportunities? Just man coverage. Um, and we, you know, you have 14 and 16 out there. Um, that's going to give you a pretty good uh, advantage. But, you know, like you guys saw in the second half, those guys are good. That's a good defense. Um, and yeah, yeah, seven dialed it up at the end. So it's a good win. So you mentioned 16 when he calls everybody together in the fourth quarter. What kind of leadership does he show there? I mean, that's just what he does um, with him. Like I said, DK seven, you know, getting the ball back on whatever it was, a 45 with a minute 30 left. Um, you know, we knew we were going to go down and score with those guys leading the way. How much did the drive before maybe help loosen some of that up? Because there were some some chunk plays there that felt like there was something going. Yeah, yeah. Just get a first down, get one first down and, and we'll get rolling. Um, so, yeah, the, the previous drive helped us out a ton, get a, get a little bit of a rhythm back, um, and then, you know, punch it in at the end. DK can be so explosive down the field, but I don't think defenders actually want to deal with him as a blocker no, either. Absolutely not. I would not want to deal with him as a blocker. Are you kidding me? Uh, and that was, you know, obviously won us the game right there. Um, but that, that was, you know, my favorite part of this game today was seeing him throw that block, block on the edge. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Lastly, I asked Jackson about this right after the game, but the reps that you guys got last week and the way that the team relied on you, how much more confidence did you have going into this week? You're just a little more comfortable. Um, you know, and, and for me, my role is going to change week to week. Um, and then, you know, we'll just keep stacking W's, stacking days. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. And Michael Bumpus, they averaged over six yards per play in the passing game against the Cleveland Browns team that allowed just 5.1 coming in. Stacking days. That's that's a new thing. My son says that to me all the time. How do you do today? Oh, I stacked today, Dad. I stacked today. Um, I, th- I think that's um that's uh, what the new school is saying these days. Well, I, I, I like I, that. Uh, I remember uh, Clowney said that when he was here. We Did just he? keep we just keep stacking wins. And, I heard uh, Chris Paul say it in an interview. Stack days. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. I like the way you be bringing the, the young people vernacular in here so that we can kind of you know? kind of roll with it because I have none of that. Because your, your, yours are off in college now. You this know? is true. And mine are in the trenches, middle school, <laughs> <laughs> ninth grade, in the trenches. So I'm getting all of that. I'm getting all of that. B. Weez has no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to put my, put my head around stacking days. Is that like they're build, you're building a tower? <laughs> you know, like you're trying to see more, how high this tower you know, can go, you, you're stacking you, right, your days. Let's put, it, let's put it in Cornell talk. Get okay. your 10,000 right. hours, you're a master of something, right? Absolutely. You stack your hours, stacking days. Okay. Same thing. Okay, okay. okay philosopher. Yeah, that's good. See? Yeah. You know, Wazoo did a little something for me. Was Don't that EPMD? Guys, we are D-D-D. losing listeners by the second <laughs> right now. Actually, we're gaining them. I'm looking at the numbers right now. They're going up. All right, hey, uh, let's uh, let's get to the to the highlights. When we return, we will uh, go through the highlights of this game. That is next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and is Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It's time to recap this game, man. Let's get it going. The first play, Ken Walker, 45-yard run, explosive play for the line of scrimmage. First down and 10. Walker stays in the backfield. He gets the handoff left side. He finds running room. He's across midfield. He's on the run. 40, 35, 30. Thornhill finally catches him down near the 15-yard line of Cleveland. Well, we've talked about having the battering ram of Zach Charbonnet back today. Let us not forget the explosiveness of Mr. Ken Walker III as he takes it 47 yards right up the gut for a huge first down into Cleveland territory. 
that was Kenneth Walker doing Kenneth Walker things, and also behind a, an offensive line that had two, uh, you know, has a rookie in there, and then you had a right next to a 41-year-old veteran, and so they did a really good job of creating some space. K9 find the hole, found the hole, and then exported it with an ex explosiveness through the hole. All right, Jake Bobo, man, caps off a nice opening drive for your Seattle Seahawks. He goes in motion. Looks like a jet sweep. He's going to lead. Nope, they give him the football. Rushing touchdown for Jake Bobo. Single setback. Deep behind Gino, who goes under center. Bobo goes in motion. Bobo gets the handoff. He stops, cuts back inside. He is in. Touchdown, Seahawks. You want more, Bobo? You got it. He's been doing that. So far in this season, coming in motion and being the lead blocker, that time he got the handoff, stops, cuts back inside from three yards out, dives into the end zone. The Seahawks are on the board, 6-0. Hats off to Shane Waldron here, setting up this play week after week, having Bobo go in motion and motion again and lead blocking for the running back. And here they just said, hey, we'll hand it to you. You, you, you get it. You get this touchdown. And the Seahawks start off one for one in the red zone right there, fixing all their red zone woes. So a good start for them. The very next drive, the Cleveland Browns will get the football, and Jordan Brooks makes his presence felt. Forced the fumble, recovered by who? The young man, Boyamafe. Second down and 10 at the Seattle 47. Seattle's got the blitz coming. Walker goes down, ball comes out. It's on the ground. It's picked up by the Seahawks. Boyamafe recovers at the 40-yard line of Cleveland. There was just a blue streak that came in from the edge. I'm not sure who it was that got there. It was Brooks, I believe. 56. Who got there for the strip sack, and Seattle has the ball back, and this Seahawks defense is fired up here in the first quarter. Well, we talked about would Jordan Brooks get some Pro Bowl votes this year. He keeps doing this. He's going to. His biggest issue is he's got a guy who's really popular next to him, Bobby Wagner. But uh, there, I don't know if there's a better tandem in the league right now, and you throw in Boye Mafe on top of that. I don't know if there's three better linebackers in a league on one team than the Seahawks have. The Seahawks will get the ball and take advantage. They go six plays, 41 yards, capped off by this 12-yard touchdown to title Lockett in the back of the end zone. Charbonnet in the backfield. Gino takes a shotgun snap, steps up in the pocket, spins out of trouble. Now he's looking. Now he's going to throw in the back corner. It's title Lockett. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, are you kidding me? He's having a career on Throwback Sunday. A 12-yard touchdown catch. Give credit to Geno Smith, who got himself out of trouble, kept his eyes downfield. His main guy, Lockett, finds him. Another six on the board at Seattle, 13-0. Tyler Lockett was all over the place today. What a great play by Gino, scrambling out of the pocket, extending the play. Tyler Lockett finding Gino's eyes, and Gino knew what to do with it. They lobbed it to the back corner, and Tyler Lockett got 1-2 in, and for a touchdown, their second trip to the red zone and second touchdown. We're all Seahawks fans here, but this is one of the most pleasing drives I've seen watching football this year. And it was by the Cleveland Browns, man. Four plays, 75 yards. We saw the draw. We saw screens. We saw delays. All the above. And P.J. Walker finds David Njoku for an 18-yard touchdown, 14-7. First and 10 at the Seattle 18. Play fake by Walker. Now he's looking. Now he throws back over the middle. Ball is caught. Down to the 10 to the 5. Diving into the end zone. He is in. Cleveland Browns score a touchdown. From 18 yards out. It's Njoku, their tight end. 
two fakes, one to the left, one to the right, and then Walker, just as he was about to get hammered, dumps the ball in the middle of the field. Njoku breaks a tackle of Diggs, and he is in. Yeah, like Steve was saying on the call, there's a couple different fakes, and he came back to the tight end screen. And he's a big dude with a full head of steam, kind of a tough dude to bring down and uh, made a, a pretty athletic play to not hit the ground but get the ball into the end zone. All he does is make plays. Boye Mafe gets his fifth sack of the season. Cleveland looking at a third down and three at their own 29-yard line. They're four of seven. 57% from third down. Strong is going to empty out to the far side. Walker, the quarterback, by himself in the shotgun. Seattle's going to blitz. Walker has time. He's going to get run down. He is swarmed under by Boye Mafe and knocked off his feet. And that time, the Seahawks defensive front, they did not have any gaps, Dave. They just pushed right back to the quarterback. What a game by Boye Mafe. Nine tackles, four quarterback hits, a sack, a forced fumble, or excuse me, a fumble recovery. Oh, man, this guy's just coming into his own. I, we, we knew we had something when he came out of college, but it, it didn't quite show up all the time last year. And then in this offseason, you know, he, he took that step and he's carried it onto the field this year. We've been waiting on this guy to make plays all year, and we finally see one. Geno Smith, oh, I'm sorry, flip it. I'm thinking about Reek Woolen. Negative play right here. Geno Smith was intercepted by Maurice Hurst. Geno looking at a third and six from his own 29. Has three receivers. His right here comes the blitz again. The throw is tipped up in the air and it's picked off. Again, pressure up inside and Geno throws the shot to the middle of the field that was tipped and it was picked off by Maurice Hurst, defensive lineman. And so the Seahawks offense sputters yet again. Oh, I jump on it. Look, sometimes things happen, but they dropped a defensive lineman uh, into coverage. Gino just didn't see him. There was, you know, he tried to throw the ball in the middle of the field. Sometimes that happens. I mean, it's just that's got to be film study. Uh, you know, sometimes a little bit lucky or unlucky, and that was just one of them, and uh, it, it happens. All right, this next play, Cleveland Browns have the lead, and they are driving, and Jamal Adams does his Messi, his Ronaldo, his Pele, and that ball goes up in the air, deflected off his helmet. Julian Love gets an interception. Third down and three. Walker from the shotgun. Slots to both sides. Ford in the backfield. Walker's going to throw. Ball tipped up in the air. Ball is intercepted by Love. Love gets it just inside the 45-yard line. The Seahawks defense does it again. They do what they have to do. They tip the ball up. Jamal with the tip, Love with the pick. The Seahawks now in great field position, and we have reached the two-minute warning. 1.57 to play in the game. Seattle with the ball back. They trail by three. Well, since Jamal has been here, you know he has been a willing participant to use his face mask and his helmet as a pass defense mechanism. And so uh, in this one, he was jumping and getting blocked at the same time. I don't know if he intended to hit it with his head, but it, it was a pretty cool play and they ended up with the interception and ball going the other way. All right, let's talk about this game winning drive is first and 10 and Geno Smith finds Tyler Lockett. Then he finds DK Metcalf. Then he hits Noah Fan. I'm yelling, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. He stays in. Then there's an incompletion to DK Metcalf. And then there is a penalty. And when it's all said and done, JSM, nice little bubble. DK blocking his man and releasing him just in time for the go-ahead score. Hawks go up. Charbonnet in the backfield. 
Gino from the shotgun. Lock it wide to the far side. JSN. He gets the throw near side. Turns out field. Got a marker. Touchdown. Seahawks. No flags. DK Metcalf with a great block. Jackson Smith and Jigba turns up field and takes it in the front corner of the end zone. What a drive by the Hawks. Thank you, Julian Love, for the pick. And Seattle goes back on top, 23 to 20. Here's what I love about this play. The, the Browns brought pressure off the slot, and uh, Gino found uh, JSN right there, right off the pressure. But DK Metcalf's one job, most dangerous man. He's reading the safety to the corner. The safety stayed back. DK took his corner. JSN outrun, ran the safety around the edge and got in for the go-ahead score. Nothing like the patience of DK. You see him looking and trying to diagnose, too. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? He makes the right decision. Hey, thanks for that description there. That was pretty good there. All right, man. Unsung heroes. When we come back, Moyer, yeah. you got yours ready? I'm already ready. He's got it ready. Got it. All right. That's next. And you're home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Kyrunas Radio 97.3 FM. You are listening to Hawk Talk on this spooky Sunday. Spooky. Scatterboo scared me last night, man. ASU running backs. You don't even know your, who your guys are. Hey, beat Wazoo. You don't know who Scatterboo is. Hey, what is that? You don't know who Scatterboo Forks is. Forks up, buddy. That's something else to forks, the kids. Forks up. That's something else that's to us. the kids. I'm just saying. Well, this, at ASU, oh, that's, yeah. our, that's our deal. It's a couple things at ASU. Whatever. I promise you. There's a lot of things in life that are. <laughs> matter of fact, as you know, we're going to all go to the library a little bit later and study <laughs> to my friends who I plan to meet at that library. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. Yes. Good night. All right. It's time, time for the unsung hero. And, um... This is going to be interesting. I'm interested to see what you guys are going to say. You know mm. why? Because you guys are interesting people. Thank you. Okay? And you have interesting takes. <laughs> and I'm going to start with Mr. Cornell. All right. I'm going to name got? everybody real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a guy that, honestly, he, he could have been player of the game. But but we haven't talked about him much yet on this show. And, I mean, he, he, he ran the ball. I mean, he only had five carries for 53 yards, but Zach Charbonnet. We haven't really mentioned him much at mm. all during the show, but so I got to give him his credit. But man, he broke off some huge runs yeah. uh, late in the game. Um, he, he showed what the Hawks have been missing since he's been injured. You know, like last week, and uh, was he injured the week before against the Bengals? He was. Yes. He was. He yeah. Was. So the last yeah. few weeks, and so you know, he comes back into this game and he he rips off a couple huge gains and just a great changeup from Kenneth Walker and and so Zach Charbonnet is my unsung hero. All right, all right, mm. Big Ray. Well. If I remember correctly, the unsung hero may have been inspired by Turbo when he gave Reed Woolen the the player of the game because he liked the way he bounced back from like a bad play or something or other. Ray, we don't give so, Turbo uh, credit for I don't anything. Want, yeah, so, we're, not, we're not giving Turbo so in no honor, credit. So in honor of Turbo, <laughs> no. I'm going to say that my unsung hero tandem it's the two rookie wide wide receivers. They had uh, had, they had a combined five catches for two go. touchdowns for the second week in a row. They mm. both scored a touchdown why? and one scored the game winning touchdown. Ray, so why why, why does this why, why does I'm this happen? I'm going with the turbo tandem. Why does this happen? I don't know if they're unsung, unsung though. Hero. We've been singing them like crazy. We get to unsung mid-season. For, unsung for this game. You know this not, is not a big deal because yeah. our producer's about to jump in here oh, now. Oh, no, he's and, not. He's not. Oh, I thought he was going to no, scold you here. You here we what? go. Come yeah. on over here. Go ahead and grab the mic. 
Because let's see. Well, I'll tell you who it's inspired by. It's inspired by me. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you're our unsung hero. Then he did that. My bad, NASA. Dang, yeah. And we don't give. And and, and honestly, Big Ray, I'm disappointed in you, man. Hey, I do that from time to time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've, I've picked the whole offensive line as a, as a Keyhawks army or as, as a player in the game. So, right. you know, okay. sometimes I dig in my bag, and this time I'm blaming it on Turbo. Okay. So I'm digging into to my Turbo All bag. All right. He All threw right. an S at the end of Unsung Hero. I did. <laughs> I, I sure did. Rose in here. Uh, well, then my un- unsung hero is my sister, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was back up here after a few months, and she's kind of halfway teasing, but she's taken on the role of my mother who always listened to our post-game show. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I promise I'll listen to every post-game show, so I know she's listening right now. So a little shout-out to her. What's up, but, Leslie? Uh, yes, thank you. My twin sister, too. Um, she doesn't look anything like me, so you're all thank good. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I looked at you there, B. Walton, when it shook my head because I go, I'm going to go with Zach Charbonnet, too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and partly, you know, the five rushes, whatever, it was – it was towards the end of the game. We needed some big run, big power runs. And he had two of them, you know, and I believe in that fourth quarter. And so I just, I'd like to see him. He's healthy. I'd like to see him get more touches. I was disappointed. I don't even say I'm disappointed. We won 24-20. Walker and Charbonnet need more than 13 touches yes. combined. Um, and that's just got to be something that, you know, Shane works in. And again, if that was their game plan. It worked. I am not criticizing but they're so explosive at times. And we talked about going into this game, too, you guys. What do we say? It's going to look a little ugly, right? Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a zero, a one, a two. Yeah. But you know what? I th- the, the, where they've been hurt, Cleveland, is they've been beat for big plays and some big runs. They had the 45-yarder, had yeah. the 21-yarder, had the 40-yarder uh, pass. So we had some big plays in there. And uh, yeah, just really proud of these young kids, man. They, yeah. they are playing some ball right now. I think those are all great choices. And mine, I'm going with the guy who has an opportunity to step up because the chin is gone. So I'm going Daryl Taylor. He had one sack, one TFL, one quarterback hit. He is strictly a third down guy right now. He has an opportunity to step in and play downs one, two, and three. I don't know whether he did or not, but I do know that the first game of chin is gone, he gets himself a sack. So Good for him. I'm going with Daryl Big Taylor. sack, too, late in the game. Big sack. Yep. Big sack. All right, let's pause 10 seconds to give our Seattle Stations a chance to identify themselves here on Hawk Talk. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. All right, fellas, who are we playing next week? Balt. Baltimore Ravens. Yep. The Lamar Jacksons. The Lamar Jacksons and them. <laughs> That's what we're going to preview yeah, next yeah. right here on Hog Talk on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and News Radio, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hog Talk, the last segment of the day. We're still here celebrating, man. Hawks got it done 24 to 20, and we're already looking forward to next week. What's up, forward man? to the library, brother. It's a library. Library. I used to say Barry back in the day. My mom used to get on my head for that. It's Brary. Yeah. Nah, it's Barry, Mom. <laughs> 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 All right, so now we got to go take on the Baltimore Ravens. When I think of Baltimore, I think of The Wire, honestly. Not Lamar Jackson. I think of the show, The Wire. Right, See that you. show before? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit? Yeah. You guys should check it out. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, this producer in my ear making me laugh right now. Anyway, um, so what – I mean, you got the most mobile quarterback possibly to ever play the game, right? You have – 
one of the best tight ends. I would say there's only about three or four elite tight ends in the league, right? So you got Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. I guess you can throw Ertz or Goddard in there as well, and maybe Waller. Um, Mark Andrews is in the mix. You got Zay Flowers over there, who I think might be the best rookie receiver in the league. Odell Beckham, who's been up and down. There's something about Baltimore. They always produce some um, good defense over there. Harbaugh does a great job, man. What are we looking forward to going up against more? It's going to be a tough game. You know, Baltimore is one of those teams that they can make you look really bad. And there's times it, they look bad, you know. So, you know, they're they're a good team, obviously, particularly at home. And there's times they, they absolutely will dominate you. I'm excited. I'm just excited. I, you know, I look at the stretch of games coming up, and it's just going to force us to see how versatile we are as a team. Uh, do we win with defense? We need to really try and put 30 points on the board along the way. So I think this is going to be one of those slugfests, and this is a game that Pete will have them up for. You know, this, is, this is one of those, are we a Super Bowl team? Because I think Baltimore is obviously a Super Bowl contender. I just, you know, it's going to be a tough game. We haven't seen anything like Lamar Jackson. I mean, we've seen mobile quarterbacks, but we haven't seen that kind of mobile and a guy who can throw. You know, I mean, even P.J. Walker, he's a pretty mobile guy, but he wasn't going to kill us throwing the ball. He made some decent throws there. Lamar can hurt, hurt you both ways. They can run it. Um, they held, who did they play today? Arizona. Ari- they held Arizona like 25 yards rushing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hang on to your hats if we're going to try and run the football. Yeah, very physical uh, team. Like, they play that way. You know, the, the classic matchups between uh, Baltimore and the Steelers is, you know, it's a very tough physical football game. And the other thing, too, is that they, they know how to win ugly. They, over the last few years, they've played some ugly games that look terrible, and Lamar looked like he's in the dumpster fire. And all of a sudden, somehow in the fourth quarter, they come out with some plays mm-hmm. to win the game. So they, they can match Seattle's ability to win uh, ugly games. And Lamar is the leading passer, obviously, and the leading rusher on the team. He's responsible for about 13 or 14 you know, total touchdowns. And so usually as he goes, that team goes. And But, like, lately he's been able to, if the passing game isn't on, like it you know, didn't seem like he put up big passing numbers this week, but last week he threw for 350-something yards and three touchdowns. And then that defense is just always on point. So you're going to have to be uh, protect the ball, uh, take what they give you, be willing to kind of be physical, and the running game is going to look ugly from time to time. Uh, but you're going to have to find a way to stick with it uh, because they have had some ugly defensive performances at times and uh, given up some big plays. So I, I think you're, you're going to have to be ready for uh, a lunch pal game. you got to bring your lunch and be ready to play the yeah, entire game. It's one thing to go against the, the number one defense in the league at home, but then now to go across the country, back east, and then go against the number two defense in mm. back-to-back weeks, mm-hmm. it, this is probably, I mean, it could line up to be one of the, I know what they have coming up with the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners twice, but this one-two punch back-to-back games, right. you know, when going against his defense could be the toughest that they faced all year, and, and um, you know, I hope we see the uh, the bad Ravens, the Ravens that lose the Colts and the Steelers. I hope we see that Ravens team, but um you know, the, the last two weeks, this one, they, when they came out and blew out Detroit 38 to six, I mean, no one saw that coming. I mean, that, that's an impressive win. And that shows that that's a team that's clicking on all cylinders. And then this week with Arizona, I think Arizona fought back in the end, but they were in control of that game for the most part. Uh, so it's a good team. They have a lot of weapons. And, um, you know, you just hope to, to go go back east. And, and those East Coast games are always tough, as we all all know, always hard to get on the, the, the sleep schedule and get your energy up for them. And so it'll be a good one and uh, excited to see uh, two division leaders face off.